0: <laughs> hello everyone and welcome to our comedy movie Mount Rushmore. It's on the movie change up podcast. This is the second Mount Rushmore we've ever done. Uh, I'm Joe Fricky. If you've never if you didn't see our first Mount Rushmore episode, basically what we do is we uh, take various categories within a major category this time, like I said, is comedy movies and we break them down and we kind of give what our Mount Rushmore is. They, it's kind of a the thing they do on sports talk podcast and sports talk radio or like espn or something like that and kind of the difference between a mount rushmore and a top four is like if you were to do you know your top four quarterbacks these are just like the best four people to ever play quarterback and with a mount rushmore you kind of have different things you want to represent maybe you want to represent different eras or you know different types of quarterbacks but with movies it's like hey we want to represent different things these are not necessarily like our personal top fours so if you have a problem with what we picked uh, then just realize that we're trying to represent various things and not necessarily picking the top four. uh and I'll say, for me, it was kind of hard because, like they say, uh, comedy is subjective. Uh, but Johnny, kind of, what were your thoughts? What was your process going through this? Yeah, um, I tried to
1: stick with some like, okay, I know this one is super iconic, but maybe I'm not as familiar or it's not my style if I thought that something from that era should be on, I tended to lean more towards like a movie I like or a performance that I'm a fan of rather than like, okay, in the history of movies, maybe this one's more impactful, but this, you know, uh, this one is maybe more impactful for me. And I kind of want to do that because knowing that you three are also going, I think that that makes for good, good arguments and someone kind of defending of, you know, different, different styles of comedy. But there are some in here that I think are locked. There's some in here for every category that I'm like, you know, I could easily see that one coming out. So I'm excited for the, the uh, conversations.
0: Yeah. All right. And uh, Bobby, was there any particular categories you struggled with?
2: Um. I mean, I, I just comedy is so subjective that I struggled with picking, I think uh, more iconic for the genre in this one. I feel like I stuck a little bit closer to in, in a couple categories, like what I, what was maybe more influential for me maybe like in quotes um and the comedies alone but like you know directors i feel like you have a a pool that you're picking from that's more like iconic to history and a few other ones like that so i think it's a good mix of personal taste and kind of the history of comedies
0: all right and uh tristan kind of the same question what was your biggest struggle compiling your mount rushmore
3: yeah it was hard for me because i watch a lot of movies but comedy is one of my kind of uh weaker points, I guess, in terms of how much I've seen in, in the genres. So I particularly struggled with some of these, but my hardest was performance. I sat there and I thought, oh, this guy has to be on, this guy has to be on, this she has to be on there. And I had a list and a list and a list, and all of a sudden I looked and I had like 25 people. And I was like, well, there's only four heads in Mount Rushmore, so I gotta narrow this down by quite a lot. So that was the one I struggled with the most. But a lot of these are hard to pick. Like you said, it's subjective. And you gotta balance between what I like and what is iconic. And for me, I leaned more towards picking the stuff that was iconic if I was in the middle of – if I had like five people to pick and there was four spots and I said, okay, which of these uh, four are the ones that people talk about the most and which one is, is less talked about. I did stuff like I went on lists and watched, all oh, best comedy quotes, and it was like, okay, if my quote isn't in this top 50 list, maybe it's not worthy of the four Mark Rushmore, uh pick, you know, something like that. But I was excited to see how you guys narrowed down your list because it was a lot to choose from.
0: Alright, and uh, before we get started, I just want to say uh, we're definitely growing as a channel, as a network, because we first we have our very first ever spam Twitch comment, which is from yhbubby 20125 that says, Want to become famous? Buy followers and, and viewers at some random link, and then it just says BigFollows.com, so hey, you know.
2: Wow. If you click that link, you vote it for that sounds, sounds legit to me. I mean, yeah, you need it, right? Yeah, I'm definitely
0: going to click on that. <laughs> yeah so yeah like i said basically we're just going to go through our categories i'll kick us off but uh if for our podcast audio people that can't see our list on the screen we're going to do comedy duos comedic performances uh, comedy quotes dramatic performances from comedic actors which i think is going to be the one that's going to be the most similar across the board mm-hmm. uh, and then we have comedy directors and then finally uh, our final category is comedies which i think is more likely that we'll have 24 or not 24 uh 16 different movies for that one and that's going to be our biggest argument and that's kind of be the order we're going to go down uh let's start this off i'm going to do comedy duos and this is the one that i was most open with Uh, it was very hard for me to find four i liked i tried to get a more diverse angle but this it was very hard and I kind of didn't get as diverse as I would like because I want to represent different things but I kind of wasn't able to and I think that's more of a Hollywood thing than a meme thing uh, but to start off my first comedy duo is Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder they had a number of <laughs> comedies together all classics uh, they were supposed to be in Blazing Saddles together but Richard Pryor wasn't able to but he still wrote wrote part of the movie uh, my next comedy duo Is James Franco and Seth Rogen. Basically, their comedy duo dominated the late 2000s, early 2010 between Pineapple Express and various other movies. Uh, Another one I have is Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. I kind of like them because together they're great, but they're also independently, they've also done great work where they don't necessarily have to be together all the time for their comedies to work. And then my last one is represent the old school era I have Abbott and Costello I feel like you can't have a true comedy duo Mount Rushmore without Abbott and Costello yeah, Costello and so those were my four uh Johnny what were your four Mount Rushmore picks you know we had a couple similarities on there
1: Joe um so I'll start with those um yeah my first one is Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder can't argue with them I think they're they're fantastic even like Movies that maybe people don't know as much nowadays, like Hear No Evil, See No Evil, is uh, so funny. That's a hysterical movie, and, and they're very funny together. They have great chemistry. Um, I also went with uh, Abbott and Costello. I, that's another one. It, it's, it would be between them and Laurel and Hardy and Abbott and Costello with Who's On First and them meeting Frankenstein and Boris Karloff and all those. has always been more impactful. Like Those are things I actually watched, and I'm not familiar with Laurel and Hardy. Um, so I stuck with the one I know. Um, my like 2000s pick is Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson, okay. uh, mainly for Zoolander alone. I think that movie is so funny. Um, and you know, they did Night at the Museum. They were both in the Royal Tenenbaums. They, um, like even movies that they don't necessarily like interact with each other. They're in, but you know, they did Starsky and Hutch. They, they are... Iconic, and I think they edge out like a Seth Rogen, James Franco type to me just because they worked more together. And then my last one is another one I don't think you can really argue with. Cheech and Chong.
4: Oh,
1: Come on, man. Dude. Up in yeah. Smoke is one of the funniest yeah. movies Thank ever.
2: You. Thank you, Johnny.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, Cheech and Chong is uh, like, you know, Tommy Chong, Cheech Marin, they're iconic. And, and I think I tended to lean more towards – like Abbott and Costello and Cheech and Chong. Like you don't need to know the rest of their names; they're known as that. I think that solidifies I'm, them on top of the Mount Rushmore.
0: So. I'm officially subbing out James Franco and Seth Rogen on my <laughs> list for Cheech yeah. and Chong. So, che- Seth Rogen was, and James Franco were never on my list. That, those were my worst. James, I Ford, was secret. Yeah. I was secretly
2: hoping I was the first one to bring that up and get that reaction. Yeah, to no,
0: I was waiting no for myself
2: as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so
1: that was another one I, f- I figured was an easy choice. Like, the st- they, they were the original stoners. Seth Rogen I do love, and I have a lot of time for him, but um, it, it, Cheech and Chong were the originals, and, and they're so funny. So those are my four. Um, Pryor and Wilder, Stiller and Wilson, Abbott and Costello, and Cheech and Chong. So, Bobby, you're next.
2: Well, three of mine have been said, so I'll kind of quickly go through those. I have, obviously, Abbott and Costello, the first one I put down. The second one was Cheech and Chong. Uh, and then Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. I think those are pretty pretty much locks, or at least to be in contention. Um, but my fourth, I kind of wanted to represent like the nerd culture a little bit, a little more indie film. So I went with Jay and Silent Bob, uh, Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith. All right, yeah. um, just for just the iconic, even just the look of them, like they're action figures and they're in, you know, they're more popular now in, in the YouTube space and podcasts, but I think they're dynamic has kind of stayed in culture at least with film lovers and nerd lovers so I I had them in there I I was considering like the Ben Stiller Owen Wilson and Will Ferrell um, and that but uh, that's what I went with as my fourth and I think uh, they're pretty iconic
1: Bobby because I forgot to write any of these down and I didn't know if anyone else was can you recap your four for me
2: yep uh, I had Abbott and Costello uh, Cheech and Chong Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor and Jay and Silent Bob. So Kevin Smith and Jason Muse.
1: Cool. And Joe, I have Pryor, Wilder, Cheech, and Chong, Abbott, and Costello. Who's your fourth?
0: Uh, Will Farrell and John C. Riley. There. Okay, that was the one I forgot. All
1: right, perfect. And now um, we're on board. So I like those four so far. So Tristan, what do you got for us?
3: So a couple of might have been mentioned. So I'll start out with those. I want to reiterate uh, Abbott and Costello. I think that embodies the classic kind of era of comedy and I think all four of us have that on there it might be the only thing on night we have all four of us with one thing on the list and Cheech and Chong got brought up before but I think they sum up that stoner comedy vibe really well I think they're the James Franco Seth Rogen kind of predecessors I guess like he wouldn't Rogen James Franco if you didn't have Cheech and Chong to set that up and I think even stuff like Harold and Kumar even that, all those stoner comedy kind of things of the early 2000s I kind of owe a debt to Cheech and Chong. So I gave a, a pick to them. My two that haven't gotten picked, uh, I went with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. I think they work really well together, whether it is in movies, which is a movie podcast, but I think I give them a little bit of points for also working outside of that, working in other forms of media. And I think they transcend. I think they're sort of like the auteur duos in my mind. They direct, they write, they produce, they star, they kind of like cover all the bases of filmmaking, not just like actor duos or director duos or something like that. I think they have that modern auteur kind of sense, and I also think it's good to represent uh, some diversity on the field, and I think they don't necessarily get the credit they deserve as being the auteurs that they are. And my last pick is someone I wanted to use to represent kind of comedic relief in more serious movies and also to represent kids' movies, so I went with Timon and Pumbaa, inseparable duo. <laughs> and I think Lion King isn't necessarily a comedy, but I think I wanted to give – it's a comedy duo, so I think it made sense to these comic-related characters inside of a not necessarily comedic movie. So I, I wanted see. to give them some points. That
2: validates a choice I have later on, so I like that choice at least. Yeah,
0: yeah validates a little like bit of choice that. for me too, so mm-hmm. – yeah.
1: I, I like it. Um, my only one that wasn't just like an acting duo that was in my honorable mentions was Gene Wilder and Mel Brooks. I was, yeah. uh, But I ended up going with Pryor yeah, and Wilder instead. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like those. Um, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler are also honorable mentions on mine. Yeah, We'll go back to... Alright, so to kind of solidify things, I have everything written down. All four of us have Cheech and Chong and Abbott and Costello. So those are locks. Um three of us I think have Wilder and Pryor. Yep. Yeah. So I think that's gonna be tough to uh yeah. tough to take
0: off there. So I, I have my pick for what should be the fourth, but and it's not one of I, that was on my list. I, I think same. we should have characters and I think we should do uh Jay and Silent Bob. That's, that's yeah, Jay
3: and Silent Bob are my number five. I if, you're, think if you're gonna Jay include make a good pick.
0: If you're going to include a character duo, I don't know how you're going to argue against Jay and Silent Bob. I love Timon and Pumbaa, but they, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. there's like Lion King one and a half and Lion King two, but Jay and Silent Bob have the longevity that Timon and Pumbaa don't really have. They're just like in three movies. And so that would be my pick. And I just wanted to comment on Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. I think if we were doing like a TV comedy duo, on Mount Rushmore, I think. If, you're if doing we were doing body of work, yes. If we were doing TV. Duo Mount Rushmore. I think Tina Fey and Amy Poehler would be my number one pick. Like that's the first duo I'm writing down. But I think as far as movies, the only ones I can really think of are like that Sisters and Baby Mama. And I don't know if that's really enough to. They were both in right.
4: Mean
1: Girls, which yeah, would be but the they r- weren't even. One. I don't even know if they. Yeah. They're not even together in it. Yeah. They didn't. No, know that, just...
2: that was more the writing in that yeah. too with yeah. that one. So. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I, I, I I loved. I was gonna fight hard, going hard going for Jail down. and Silent yeah, they, Bob. They
3: but... work outside of. Just being actors on screen together, you know, they That's produce true. stuff that other people are in. Yeah, no,
2: I, that was that was definitely in contention. Yeah, I was just gonna fight Jane, Silent Bob, and Joe kind of did it for me, but that would be my kind of thing too. My my argument,
1: much. my argument against Jane, Silent Bob is as much as I love Jane, Silent Bob, they are always the same character, and they're the best when they have their few little scenes. And every mm-hmm. time it's like yeah. their own movie. The new Jane's not Bob movie, like, I appreciate it because I like the characters, but that movie's unwatchably bad. Like, you know, so when they center around them, that makes the movie a lot worse. Um, I love them popping up in Clerks and Clerks 2 and stuff, but I they're always the same. I think as far as like a comedy duos, as far as like a widespread in movies, Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson have the track record together and have a much more. Diverse range of like characters. You look at them in Zoolander compared to Night at the Museum compared to Royal Tenenbaums. They're completely different characters and all those, and they always work um, together. And even like Starsky and Hutch, like I I think they uh, that would be my pick over them. I did have um, Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith as Jane and Bob as like an honorable mention, but they weren't even in like my top six or seven. I think David Spade and Chris Farley is better. Laurel and Hardy, if we went with the classic pairing, is more iconic. Um, and even, like, doing Gene Wilder and Mel Brooks and Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, I had them under all of those because they're always just mm. the same characters that appear in a specific set of movies. But I think Which if is what I was going that, for, though, but is I representing
2: think it, characters, yeah. Exactly. I I think think so,
1: but I think, like, even in terms of that, like, if we're going characters in more iconic movie that's more widespread, that more people like, there's a lot of people in the world that are just like, no, Kevin Smith movies, I'm out. Simone and Pumbaa, I think, are more iconic characters in terms of, you know, majority of what people um, you know, think of. More people know who Simone and Pumba are than Jay and Sal
3: First gay couple on screen, you know, Timon and Pumba. <laughs> yeah, they got representation on the list, you know. Yeah. I mean, ben looks used to the odd couple. <laughs> yeah, no, look, that that's
2: one I would fight for, but I like there are so many. Like I can't, you know, like Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson are great. I love that. Amy Poehler, Tina Fey. I think the only thing that I would leave them off is that because this is more of a movie list, so yeah, to me, that's kind of pushes them down. Um, for personally, I think it's between Jay and Silent Bob and Ben Stiller Owen Wilson,
0: yeah,
2: um, to go on that fourth. Because I think, are we saying so? We have Abbott Costello, Cheech and Chong, and then Gene Wilder, Richard Pryor, are those yeah. locked?
0: I would say so. I think Cheech and Chong,
3: to me, cover that kind of like characters on screen together. So if I was going to pick that last spot, I think Jay and Silent Bob would be a good fit. But I do think that uh, we already covered kind of like the duo characters of Cheech and Chong. And they're almost sort of in like a similar... I think there's no... My thing is,
1: I don't think there is a Jay and Silent Bob without Cheech and Chong. And I don't think you can put two of those... Like one, one set of characters that's so... Inspired by something else, like on the same Mount Rushmore, and Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson are so different than anything we have on this list. And honestly, off my board, I would fight for David Spade and Chris Farley, even though they basically did two full movies together. Mm-hmm. Tommy Boy is one of the funniest movies ever made, and Black Sheep is is a Black Sheep like that's a, a very underrated movie. It's amazing, so I think those two are, yeah. are super iconic and different. I, I would be
2: okay here. doing that because those were I, those are like my five spot. And I know Jay and Silent mm. Bob is more niche. It was just that's the niche and the kind of type of thing that I wanted to represent on my personal, you know, um, Rushmore. Yeah, I get but, it. I love them. Yeah.
1: The scene, I the fucking scene when uh, Jason Mewes reenacts the Silence of the Lambs in Clerks 2 it's Amazing. Is one of the funniest things so I've ever seen. Um, and I love them to death. But, yeah, I just think because they're always the same characters, and, yes, that's iconic in a way they aren't on the same level of chich and chong but it's a similar like genre you know yeah. so i don't know Would you guys want to go benson or *Olmoson*, or um
2: did you want to go with the character aisle and go to and puma because that's way different than anything we have
1: on this the,
2: the problem I, with I... that to me is movie wise there's really only two legit theatrical movies which one is the animated sir? and the one is the remake
3: yeah, but yeah. they're oh, in yeah, just one movie. That. They're big enough to be as iconic as any of these characters that have come back over and over and over and over again.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Can I? Can I, I? mean, I don't think it's gonna change any opinions here. I think it's. But we do have two live comments that I wanted to read. let So Paul just said yes, exclamation point, Cheech and Chong, and then <laughs> Spinner Fifty Eight, who's old as dirt, just said Bob Hope <laughs> and Bing Crosby. So, as an I option. mean, he met yeah. them right, but.
4: Yeah. Well, she no. met them, yeah,
0: I mean, but yeah. Iconic. Well, I wouldn't say – I'm not going to lie and say she met them, but probably, <laughs> who knows. Yeah, let's throw,
1: like, Lucille Ball up there with, like, Clark Gable or whatever the fun. Yeah. You know, I don't – Desi Arnaz. We already have – Abbott and Costello yeah. encompasses old the people. old people. <laughs> you um, get
3: one. Yeah, you get See, one. See,
0: Just – I mean, I know it wasn't on any of their list, but if I had to vote between Timon and Pumbaa – Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller and Farley and um, David Spade. Save. My vote would honestly be for Farley and David Spade over. Because my thing with Owen Wilson, outside of Starsky and Hutch, I feel like Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller are more just two people that happen to be in a lot of ensemble movies together where I don't necessarily. But Zoolander, see... man. I don't necessarily feel like they're iconic doing. in that. Okay, so that's one. Hansel and Zoolander, I, I, I would like say Zoolander. is more than Starsky and Hutch.
3: Is it as iconic as The Lion King?
0: Like my thing though, mm-hmm. like if I,
3: for me yes, from,
0: <laughs> if we want to go around the the room and vote, at least i those I three, guess they
1: did two enter two though, so actually, yeah, that right. cancels Maybe it out. Them off. Yeah, because my, might, my might, vote I would honestly be made. for
0: spade and fart. well, because my originally I had uh like Lloyd Christmas and whatever you know from Dumb and Dumber, but I'm like Jeff Dumb and Dumber Daniels. too
2: dumb and Dumber T- two is so bad
1: dumb and number two takes, takes them away. off the
0: list and i feel like zoolander two is the same way so my you vote- know what joe
1: i i think you convinced me so joe and i i think both vote david spade and chris farley where are you guys going if you had to vote
2: so if i'm going if we're going between david spade and chris farley and timon and pumba i'm going timon and pumba
1: or ben stiller
2: and Owen wilson
4: no ben one's voting stiller, for that at that
2: ben, point yeah I know. I mean, if you're if you're getting rid of your own, like out of all these, personally I'm still fighting for Jane Silent Bob, but if we're eliminating that and it's basically I would say
3: it's too similar I get Johnny's Point I feel like it's to too similar talk, to Cheech and teach. Which is
2: fine. So then the at that, that uh, point like, I would and say it's There's
3: nothing like anything we all have on the list of animated it's a kind of a kids movie and none of these really fit that vibe of of kids movies of animated of totally out of the wheelhouse of these movies. Yeah. I'd I would be good at that. See it,
1: but I do think like they're in one movie together. I don't count any of the Lion King sequels or the remake. Like, they're in one movie, and yes, they're iconic, but if we did comedy duos and just did two people that were funny in one movie, our list would be 100 people long. I went for more, I leaned more towards people that worked together more times or people that showed up. I'd go Jay and Silent Bob over to Lauren Puma, actually, because Me they too, appeared in but... more movies together. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I, I think... I, David Spade and Chris Farley are... Much different than everything we have on this list, based on comedic style. It's not like Stoner comedy. It's basically the straight man and the, you know, the 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 fall guy. And that's not exactly what we have. I think you basically combine Chichin and Chong and David Spade and Chris Farley, and you get James Franco and Seth Rogen, which was on Joe's list. Like they're more influential to today's comedy than than Kevin Smith and Jason Hughes or Timon and Pumbaa. You know i think if you ask most comedic actors now they're like yeah chris farley is my you do not have melissa mccarthy without chris farley you know you don't have a lot of people yeah, nowadays
3: blessing you know, it, it's i think you know, my I, thing I, is I agree if I'm... i don't love her but
0: if i'm looking you know, at someone else's list and they have like the three we have locked in and david spade and chris farley i'm like yeah i agree with that list if they have the three we have locked in and then Timon and Pumbaa, I'm like, okay, they just wanted to represent, like, animation. Like, I don't know if I necessarily... It's are, called
3: like, the Mount Rushmore. So I get that, but right.
0: I, do, I also don't know if, like... I feel but like, like if... I
1: don't
3: know.
0: Yeah, I don't know. So so do we flip a coin at this point this if it's a deadlocked one. at 2-2? Two, two?
3: I have, like, three. I mean, yeah, like, Bobby, I'm really, but, I'm really but Joe and I agree, and those two are... One. I'm willing to concede on this one because I have quite a few later on in the episode that I'm gonna to have to be arguing. Wait, hard hard. Hard. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm okay.
2: I'm okay conceding. I was just I didn't know okay. where we were falling. We've gone through so many different yeah. ones, but
3: I'd go with Chris Farley. and, yeah. and David Spade. If I was gonna concede. All
2: right. Yeah. All
3: right. And we do All have
2: right, another so... live
0: comment from Spinner 5858 that says Lucille Ball actually made movies before the TV show. Don't give a fuck. She's <laughs> not worthy of our. <laughs> Women are not worthy of being on Mount Rushmore, as you can tell by wow. being four guys. Wow,
1: Joe, with the take that none of us agree with, so <laughs> yep. don't take him seriously at his word on that. Well, that opinion um, will change eventually. This opinion does
2: not represent the the <laughs> thoughts of movie. Changers. Yeah, this opinion does not represent the thoughts of yeah. the movie. Change um, but
1: I do think with the fact that you know we're outside of Tina Fey, and Amy or you don't really have another argument and that's more saying something about Hollywood than I think yeah. it is for, you know, yeah. huh. our taste. It's just, you know, you just look back and you could look at top 20 lists and I doubt there's many other than Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. I don't know who else is popping up, um, in terms of that. So maybe that'll change one day, but not now. So our top four ended up being Cheech and Chong, Abbott Costello, Gene Wilder, and, uh, um, Richard Pryor and, uh, What did we end up doing? I don't even remember. We ended up going with uh, Chris Chris Hardy and and David Spade. Perfect. Well, nothing like a 20-minute argument on our first category that we thought was like the (laughs) least um, important one. So, Joe, I'm starting next, but what category Comedic
0: performances are next. I went down the list as it was written, so.
1: Yeah.
0: It should be comedic performances, then comedy quotes, then dramatic performances from comedic Mm -hmm. actors, then comedy directors, and finally ending on comedies.
1: Yeah, but I just don't have any of it in order on my document, so that's where I I, am. That'll do it. So I don't have to listen for me. So comedic performances, okay. I think we'll have one in common. We should have one in common for all four of us. Mm -hmm. And the other three, I think, might all be a fight. But I will start with this one. Charlie Chaplin as the Tramp. That is easily a lock that is on the Mount Rushmore. Not on yes, it's list. a problem. It's a problem that kids nowadays will look at it and think Hitler is on a Mount Rushmore because they don't <laughs> know who Charlie Chaplin is. But it, it, Charlie Chaplin is the Tramp. What, whatever movie you want to stick with, you know, whether it's Kid or City Lights or any of those. Uh, <laughs> it's next, I I have the greatest villain in comedic movie history, and that is. Christopher McDonald as Shooter McGavin, Shootout. baby, in uh, Happy Gilmore. Um, yeah, baby. Uh, I, I think that is such an underrated performance, and the like. People don't really know who Christopher McDonald is, but when they see him, they think Shooter McGavin. Like that is how iconic that character is. Shootout. That's how iconic that performance is. He should have won a goddamn Oscar for that.
0: Movie. I ate pieces of shit like you for breakfast. You, you pieces of shit, shit for breakfast. No. even even
1: Kanye stole that for Jesus walks. Like yeah. you know, Kanye stole that line. So my next one is um, another one that I don't know if anyone else has, but I think it is. I will fight to the death for it. Captain Lionel Mandrake slash President Merkin Muffley slash. Dr Strangelove Peter Sellers in Dr Strangelove gives the three iconic performances in one movie and the actual Doctor Strangelove character I would argue is the greatest comedic performance of all time. Um, so I would go Peter Sellers in Dr Strangelove or um, how I stopped uh, what is it right. my yeah. yeah I forgot the word worrying and that threw me <laughs> off. Um, And then my fourth spot is another one of my favorite comedic performances, but also something that I credit an entire genre for and an entire actor's career for. We do not have the icon Keanu Reeves without Sean Penn as Spicoli in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That is one of the most amazing performances of all time. And it's the surfer, stoner, um, and it's the best to ever do it, and we do not have The Legend of Keanu Reeves without Sean Penn playing Spicoli in Fast Times at Richmond High, one of my favorite comedies of all time. So, those are my four.
0: Spoiler alert, Spicoli was in my, like, five spot. Did you see that Shia LaBeouf performance in that read-through yeah, of Fast Times? that was it's really the greatest funny. thing to ever come out of quarantine, is Shia LaBeouf as Spicoli that. in that read-through.
1: Spicoli's so good. Spicoli's the reason that my friend David and I ordered a pizza to our auto shop class and got detention for it, and our teacher ate the pizza, just like in the movie, and I was pissed. But, you know, that that movie I'm obsessed with, and the fact that it's Sean Penn, I think, makes it even better, because now he's, like, the most unlikable person on the planet, and he was, like, such a dramatic actor. But he started off as Spicoli, and that is an iconic role, so those are my four.
2: All right. Bobby, what do you got? We had two in common. Um, I'll start with those. So first, I had because we just talked about him. I had Spicoli, Sean Penn. I think that's iconic. And what made me think of it is the uh, Shia LaBeouf thing. Like I, I recently rewatched Fast Times because of that. Um, and this he's just incredible. so good. He's it's so funny. Um, you talked about it enough there, but and also my favorite villain performance in any comedy, like you said, Christopher McDonald is ha- as in Happy Gilmore as Shooter McGavin. It's iconic. He's just known as Shooter McGavin. You can quote almost every single line he says. um, Spoiler alert! And uh, shanty town. Yeah, Um, but yeah, like uh, as far as a villain character in a comedy, especially like a sports comedy like that, um, I think that represents it, and that's one of my favorite performances. The other one I have is uh, one I'm kind of surprised Johnny didn't have is uh, I have Bill Murray and Ghostbusters to represent more just like iconography as far as like pop culture. Um, and in kind of sci-fi and kind of the, he's he's the dry kind of humor in that movie. And I think it's hilarious. He has some of the best quotes. Um, and uh, yeah, I, Bill Murray's great. I tried to pick one performance of his and I went with Ghostbusters, but you could go with almost any of his movies, really uh, comedies. Um, and then the other one I had is what I was talking about with Timon and Pumbaa. I have Robin Williams as lad, or in Aladdin as the mm-hmm. genie. Um, I... Robin Williams is is iconic in general as an actor in so many different levels, uh, and I think this is one of the funniest performances in any like Disney or family type of movie. Uh, so much uh, Joe apparently doesn't like it.
0: <laughs> Bad
2: pick. But, yeah. Well, Joe apparently has. Joe has it on his list. But no, <laughs> it's so much of it is improv. There's a lot of like just the backstory of how that character came to be. Um, is amazing it's the first disney movie to cast a big name actor in a voice role um and he wanted to downplay play that there's the whole backstory of him getting mad at disney because they kind of they marketed him um and then from then on they they went on and to cast celebrities in like all their voice roles so it's iconic on a lot of levels but if you think of uh, the genie it has to be robin williams and uh yeah i don't think you can beat that as far as family movies go
1: I, I I respect it. I, I don't respect not having Charlie Chaplin on your list, so I'm interested to see what uh, what Tristan has over there.
3: Alright. Unfortunately, uh, you won't... Uh, mine's different. I do have Charlie Chaplin on my list. I went with The Great Dictator specifically because I think that is really a shining performance. I but that. really, you can give it to him for many performance. Uh, but none of my other ones have been brought up so far. So you want to talk about iconic performances? You want to talk about, like, a performance that makes an impact on a character. Let's go with Christopher Lloyd as Doc Brown in Back to the Future. There's, that's such an incredibly energized performance, and I think he, his performance is what makes that movie into something great. I think he brings such an energy to it that I think all of his scenes are so magnetic, and I think he elevates that movie in such a way that his performance, exclusively his performance, elevates that movie in such, a, in such a great way that I think he really deserves that spot. Plus, like even now, how many decades later... He keeps coming back on talk shows and doing cameos as Doc Brown and that kind of stuff. And I think, and you've seen it too. They can't do another back to the future simply because they can't recast these characters. Like these characters are too iconic to be recast. And I think that speaks to performance. My second is another very iconic character, a character so iconic that there's an annual festival dedicated to him. And it's Jeff Bridges as the dude from Big Lebowski. I think that's really, really great performance, especially, like he's not necessarily a comedic actor all the time and I think that was such a really dedicated performance for him to give and I think it was very iconic and like I said it inspired festivals; has a huge cult following every time I've seen it in theater it's been sold out and filled with people and everybody's been super into it and I think that's just that one role in particular kind of defines Jeff Bridges whole career I think when he, people see him now he's he says it all, all the time yeah, everywhere he like, was oh, it,
2: just hired as the Lions head coach
3: yeah <laughs> and I have Uh, I have Charlie Chaplin, Great Dictator. I mentioned that. And my fourth pick is one that I think represents improv comedy. It represents the kind of like off-the-wall zany comedy of the early 2000s The kind of like offend anybody you can offend comedy of that era. And it's Sacha Baron Cohen is Borat.
2: That's my fifth.
3: I think that's that character alone was such a huge impact. People quoted him all the time. Like I try to get him into the quotes from comedies but there were so many that I just realized like I couldn't just pick one Borat quote people said. Like (laughs) my wife. Everyone. <laughs> yeah for like years, that would and, years be it. Before, and that came out to be like my wife you like, yeah. know yes. and that kind of yeah. stuff and like saying Borat lines I think his performance and he got these coaches' black touch. <laughs> it's similar to sort of like Nomadland in a way like he got these people to do things that they necessarily wouldn't want to do on camera like he got these people to say things they shouldn't have said and do things they shouldn't have done and I think that takes a, a really strong performance to get people to feel that intimate with you you know so those are my four have christopher lloyd is doc brown jeff bridges as a dude from big lebowski charlie chaplin as the great dictator and sasha baron cohen is borat
0: all right all right right, i have uh some picks other people don't have so uh i'll start with ones we have so my first one is charlie chaplin from the great dictator you have he's basically they don't call him the tramp but he's basically the tramp for half the movie and then he's kind of like this evil comedic villain that's a take on hitler for the other half of the movie and i felt like it was good because in a lot of comedies like johnny mentioned with um, dr strange love an actor playing multiple roles in the same movie you have like jack nicholson and mars attacks which wasn't anywhere near like my mount rushmore of that but it's a thing that i wanted to represent and i feel like that was kind of my favorite Uh, of that of an actor kind of playing multiple roles and then he's playing the main hero and the main villain so i went with that the other one obviously had to go with robin williams and uh, aladdin i wanted to represent the animated comedy and i felt like to me that might be my favorite robin williams performance it's probably the best performance in an animated movie and they said there's so much tape on this movie that there could be ag rated, a PG rated, a, a PG thirteen, and an R rated cut of Aladdin just because of how much improv that Robin Williams did, and the, basically the role was perfect for him. He could, you know, was the perfect Robin Williams like vehicle essentially as the genie. Um, my next one that no one else had was Bill Murray as Groundhog Day I felt it was perfect just because I was groundhog going Day. back
2: and forth I just picked the movie I liked better. basically
0: the reason I picked that is because there is zero reason to like him in this movie he is such an asshole for like 90% of the movie that you should just hate and despise him but Bill Murray has so but he's charisma. also
1: named Phil just like the groundhog Phil
0: yeah. but Phil. he's. But his charisma Bill Connor. Everyone. yeah his charisma and everything is like why you love him. Like, it's, it's to me that's why I had this performance. And then the one that completely changed an actor's career, I went with Leslie Nielsen in Airplane, who, uh, as like kind of the yeah. straight man in a movie, I wanted to represent that. that. And then basically, that, that movie completely changed his career. He was, you know, only a dramatic actor up until that point, And then once that movie came out, he was only really ever in comedies. <laughs> So those were my yeah, four, the... Leslie Nielsen in Airplane, Bill Murray in Groundhog Day, Charlie Chaplin in The Great Dictator, and then Robin Williams in Aladdin. Yeah,
2: so many of those were, like, I I, I swapped them out. Like, I had them on my list this past, like, couple days and, like, swapped them out. But yeah. Charlie Chaplin's one that I sh- should have had on and just forgot about yeah. as I was going through it. Yeah. So then, that's definitely
3: a lock.
0: And then Paul220 said Peter Sellers would be my number one pick. So. He's
3: That's the best performance in any comedic movie. This was um, such a hard one because there's just so many to pick from. Yeah, like they're, they're there were not a lot that you guys brought up that I was like, oh, they sucked. A few that I didn't mention that I thought like I wish could have gotten in. There's Adam West's Batman. I think he has that kind of like really dry leading guy right. kind of like mm-hmm. Leslie Nielsen does, and I think his performance is kind of underrated, but he gives a great one. Macaulay Culkin, Home Alone would have been good. I would have liked to get. Like a kid performance in there. Yeah, I thought but about that. Me too. But I thought the genie stuff. kind of, but come put on,
2: the yeah. family film. Look at the rest of these.
3: My last cut was Amanda Seyfried from Mean Girls. I think that she had I gave her credit because it was her first performance in a movie. It's <laughs> like IBS <she>, in her first performance. She was able to give a lot of good lines and really iconic lines. Yeah. And unfortunately, this is such that's so much better than them. You, you know you want to represent people, but it's also like yeah. when there's it's so much better. Stop trying to, to make that
1: happen. Yeah, I'll give a shout-out to a few. I I had a lot written down, but the ones that we kind of hadn't mentioned, Alicia Silverstone as Sharon Clueless is incredible. Um, She's great. That was close. Paul Newman as Reg Dunlop in Slapshot. That movie fails if he is not incredible. And when he just looks up at the end and goes, Scouts is one of the funniest, like, lines in any movie, I think. Will Ferrell um, as uh, uh, Ron Burgundy. Jim Carrey as Ace Ventura. Bill Murray, I did have down for Vankman and Carl Spackler from Caddyshack is my honorables. Um, but again, he's a tough one because just he expands so many eras, and he has so many iconic performances, he just didn't make my list. Robin Williams, I actually had down Mrs. Doubtfire, not the Genie. I think that's his yeah. most iconic performance. And then Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka is incredible, but I do think that leans a little more towards yeah. Like, he's dry humor, but it's kind mm-hmm. of dramatic um, in it. Leslie Nielsen in an airplane. And then one that no one else would mention, but Peter McNichol as Dr. John Poha in Ghostbusters 2 is incredible. Wow. Go, I think good. that he's good, is, is, is one of the funniest, most underrated roles of all oh. time. It was never going to really make mine, but I think that is, if I were to do personal favorite, like, top ten comedic performances, that might make my list. I think he is so funny in that movie. And he's the entire reason to watch that. Um, but those are kind of my honorables. Did you guys have any honorables before we get into our, like, debates?
2: Um, I mean, I had Sasha okay. Baron Cohen is mine. I was going back and forth on which Bill Murray. And I think, yeah, you know, like, Groundhog Day is probably the more like, that's probably, it's just I went with, but personally, I like Ghostbusters a little more. So I went with that. But um, Charlie Chaplin definitely should have been on there. I just didn't think about it as I was going through. But uh, I had a lot of, a lot of the ones that were mentioned were, like, on and off, like I had Leslie Nielsen on there for a while. So, I mean, all of these are legitimate choices. All right. So, what's my our question
1: lock? is? Um, Charlie Chaplin. But since do you we didn't have a with... movie?
0: Did you want? Do you want to just go great dictator, great dictator. since I'm interested in both? Had. I mean,
1: we can. But he, I, he I think the his tramp. most famous character is the Tramp. So I think oh. if it was a Mount Rushmore, he would be on there as the Tramp. But he, like you say, he's basically that character is Hinkle or whatever his name is in the Great Dictator. Well, he is,
0: his, the character that's not Hinkle doesn't have it. He's called the Barber in the movie. Oh,
1: like, you're right. But an Adenoid Hinkle,
0: Hinkle is Hitler. Yeah. So either way,
1: so we're basically going Chaplin. But I think just saying the Tramp is his most iconic character. Yeah, would, yeah I'm okay with that. His...
0: I don't hate that. That's fine with me. And then do we wanna have do we wanna have a Bill Murray role, and then it comes down to hashing it out what it is.
1: I mean,
2: maybe, no, but I, I but think the thing is, I, think, I, act, I actually, I think,
1: think Bill Murray is my favorite of all time for his career. But I don't know if he has one performance that I'd put over like Sellers or Sean Penn is Spicoli. Bobby and I both had. I think that was the only other one that any of us Ala- had.
2: Uh, Aladdin.
1: Spicoli, G- was G. Spicoli. Spicoli was I my five. Spicoli was my
0: five, and Shooter McGavin was my six. I'll say that.
2: And Johnny and I both had Shooter. I mean, personally, the one I would fight for the most as a Mount Rushmore because it rep- represents the family genre is Robin Williams as the genie. Yeah,
3: me and I mean, I me want to fight it. for Sasha Baron Cohen. I think that's a genre that they want to represent. Like oh that's God. such a different thing from what we have, and I think the zany kind, of, like off the wall, kind of catchy, my documentary style comedy.
1: My argument only against that is, I think if you cut down to its core, that is in improv performance and a political satire and i think peter sellers did that years and years ago at a time that those movies weren't being made and i think that character you can credit to a lot of that stuff even existing so i think if you're going like he was the only person who was ever allowed to improvise anything in a kubrick movie that's not entirely
0: accurate there are two other not
1: completely but there are a couple of it but he was like the one that was like the main throughout the movie person who was allowed to do that like he... throughout the movie and he literally made pe- they had to reshoot scenes because he was making people laugh so hard on screen mm. that they had to reshoot mm. it and like you show the scene of him trying to keep his arm down from doing the sig heil and when he's in the chair mm. like that scene makes anybody like laugh hysterically that's one of the best performances
0: the thing and is, he plays
1: two other great characters so how, what do we have locked
0: movie. in right now what do we have? I think
1: locked in we only have the tramp so far. I think we could go my genie pick,
2: or Spicoli genie is my my two other and two of us That's had right. shooter, but I, I out of all the lot out I of feel all like the one we ones need a we villain like
0: of. we don't have a villain and I feel like a villain does need to be represented and there's no better comedic yeah. villain in this in yeah. film than Shooter McGavin and I would like, personally lock we, in
2: the genie as well and then fight for that fourth.
0: I'm a, it's between Spicoli. So if we lock in the genie, then it to me it would be between Spicoli, um aladdin and um or well so, wait what aladdin I'm
2: is just, the beanie, so yeah hold on
0: i'm confused what are we doing yeah it, it's tough because
1: if we go for i think the tramp and shooter mcgavin because when you think of charlie chaplin you think instantly of the tramp when you think of Christopher McDonald, if you see him on screen, you think, oh, that's Shooter McGavin. More people know Shooter McGavin than his actual name. Um, I think the other ones on this, like, yes, Robin Williams as the genie is great, but you don't immediately think Robin Williams and immediately go, yeah, he's the genie. Like, there are plenty of roles. And I actually think his dramatic roles are but that's more that's than so, those. But
2: well, he has so He has many so many. And that's
1: my, that was my right. problem with Bill Murray too, of you don't look at Bill Murray and think, this role, like
2: I think, yeah, I want to argue is so perfect for. But yeah. I, I would
1: say that over. I would say that over like Borat, even though I love Borat, yeah. I think that one is. How do you
3: feel about Doc Brown, mm-hmm. Christopher Lloyd? I think you talked Doesn't about looking an of actor and you think of the character, like that's what it is for him. Yeah, but I, I, love the, I mean, do I mean personally think great. of
1: a couple other roles mm-hmm. for but him. But I also, also don't I recommend think nobody of... to everyone. He's Christopher Lloyd's yeah. great in.
0: Yeah, he keeps hyping it up on Twitter. To me, the thing with Back to the Future is it has its comedic moments and stuff, but I don't necessarily go like comedy with that movie. Like, it's not a laugh out loud. Like, but
1: he's really funny in it. He is funny in it. But I would go, I would go Leslie Nielsen in the airplane over him for that. Yeah. If yeah. I'm going just like purely like com- comedic role, like, surely you can't be serious. Like, yeah. everything that Leslie Which
0: Nielsen does might have get talked about
3: later.
2: Role. Um, possibly you know but that's not even similar like he's playing
3: like Mm -hmm. a deadpan Mm -hmm. flat lead and christopher lloyd's playing like a really ridiculously big zany kind of high energy character like what Mm -hmm. is the comparison there my comparison is
1: just like in terms of like what i think is maybe more of an iconic comedic role in terms of like what was mentioned um on uh uh you know a couple lists like uh, that one i go over doc brown i I think christopher lloyd is great in that but at the end of the day he kind of is just being Chris Lloyd. If you've ever seen him in anything else, he is always that same character. Yeah, and I, I go would go away. Way, That's why like Sean Pennis Piccoli is so against type and you do not have Keanu Reeves without him. Like I think that, But like Keanu Reeves have... is not
0: like Keanu Reeves is iconic, but no. not it's not like Keanu Reeves is like oh, Keanu Reeves, like, oh, without Keanu Reeves like that's not a big selling point to me for but, like but like Piccoli's iconic has, like, on its own and
1: bogus junior are Bogus great, Jr. Like, but I think that Bogus, bogus, attorney. I think that, I think that role spawned more. Um, like that was more of like it, it opened the door to that type of humor than Chris Lloyd as Doc Brown. Like yeah, what role that's do you true. point to that's after yeah. Doc Brown and say this role doesn't exist? All right. So what are we? Yeah. So what Other are we like Rick on? and Morty. What
0: do we have and what are we voting on?
1: I'd say we have the Tramp and Shooter McGavin. Yep. I would say I, I think the genie. I would put the genie. On. Okay, I'm gonna. you guys game. agree with that? Those, yeah, I, I, I agree with Tristan that. Tristan and Bobby had,
0: had the genie. No, so. Tristan and Joe had the genie.
2: Yeah. Me oh, and Joe. No.
0: Yeah, there we go. We, we got it. Corner. On. Corner. <laughs> yeah. Corner team. Corner team. Here. That Corner way, team. I guess. The, yeah.
2: one, the yeah. one
1: that we haven't really <laughs> talked about yeah. that I thought was a good choice from Tristan was um, Jeff Bridges as the dude. Yeah, that's, that's a really I,
0: I don't hate that's it. Play. I'm okay. I'd be okay with that making the list.
2: That's that, that would be. Yeah, I would go with. Part that. of me
0: does think though
1: that that character
2: is that rug... kind of the spawn of it like really
1: the goalie yeah. type of character. Like the he's just his own guy and he lives in other people's world and he's always going to be himself type of thing. But it isn't like the surfer or stoner dude. It's a little different. But I think Spicoli I mean Bobby and I both had him only one of us had the dude I thought about it um, he's hysterical in that movie I think. Yeah. The, the Big Lebowski amazing and I didn't have it on there mainly because the movie yes is, is more of a comedy but it's my my
0: a, thing is really Jeff Bridges awesome. as the dude is iconic but to me if I'm thinking of iconic there's no nothing more iconic than ordering a fucking pizza to your classroom and that's yes. that's I, I love Jeff Bridges as a dude. If I were to vote between all the ones that we're kind of considering right now, and I, I love Leslie Nielsen in Airplane, but like no one's really talking about that right now, I my vote would be for Spicoli from Fast Times. Yeah, I
3: think,
2: I, got I think the, yeah, I and and he's just so funny in that. that.
3: And I think when it's, when you think of iconic performance, people think of the dude before they think of Spicoli. I think that's my maybe, only argument Maybe now because people are
1: younger. But like if you look at the span of like actual like people who know film like I think of Spicoli before I thought of the dude for this list like way before. Yeah. Spicoli uh, like incredible... I said
0: was my five.
1: Yeah and I and I think with Spicoli too you get not only Keanu Reeves and Pauly Shore and all of the knockoffs of this character like how many characters exist today because of the dude like I don't know exactly how many characters he necessarily inspired as amazing as he was I think if the only tiebreaker between those is characters he inspired, and I think Spicoli inspired more characters than I don't know did. what you're. Playing. That'd be my only. So
0: idea. I'm pointing, Joe, I've, been, I've been, been drinking doing. some whiskey right now. So paul T20 brought up what happened to Peter Sellers. Yeah. Also,
1: Peter Sellers, that's the greatest comedic performance of all
0: time. Of all time. And okay, wait, we're 15 minutes in and we're at our second we have two category. Of them. I say we lost. we go around the horn. We vote right now. Whatever wins wins.
2: Okay, all right, go around. So As Joe's the
0: host, done. I don't care about this movie. I've seen it twice. Paul two twenty brings up my votes for Peter Sellers. I go
1: I go Sellers.
2: Would you go Sellers. I mean, yeah, I, I guess but I go Sellers. Cool. Yeah, right. that's Peter fine. Sellers.
1: is our vote.
0: Paul two twenty basically, uh, fucking got Peter Sellers on the list.
1: I think Spicoli and the dude kind of cancel each other out as like the famous stoner character and Peter Sellers in that movie kind of encapsulates the Eddie Murphy genre of playing multiple characters in one movie, but is probably the best example of it. So I think that is different
0: than everything else we have on the, on the list. So. All right, moving on. All right. Bobby, so you're we're doing on... – or wait, no, Johnny, read Close. us our four. Johnny, read yeah, us read our four. Yeah, the four.
1: Okay, so our four, we ended up with our Charlie Chaplin as the Tramp or the Great Dictator, honestly – um, we have Christopher McDonald as Shooter McGavin. We have Robin Williams as the Genie. And we have Peter Sellers as Captain Lionel Mandrake, President Merkin Muffley, and most importantly, Dr. Strangelove. So right. that is our four.
0: All right, Bobby, hit us up with comedy all quotes.
2: Right. So let's go with quotes. And this one, this is oh, one this of the is toughest. Gonna be all over this the is going to be all over the board. I had about.
0: I'm going to do a better job at running this.
2: Yeah. I had about 15 of them going back and forth, but I think I landed on. Ones that one I used all the time that I th- and just all you know all time comedic moments as far as quotes and movies, and I think I came up with a good mix. The first one I have was just mentioned by Joe when we were talking about Airplane. It's Shirley, you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. I think that is just lived on um, from that movie. That's like the the one quote that people go to um, in a very iconic parody movie of the time, and I don't really think you can beat it. Uh as far as like I, I think most of us should probably have that one on the list. Um and then the next one I had is from another iconic movie that has lived up to uh kind of the test of time, and that is from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Um it's just a flesh wound or just that whole scene. It's just a flesh wound, your arm's gone. Um, your, arm's gone. your arm's gone. Like I've used fresh. that a mil I've used no, that there. a million times when you oh, get whenever you get hurt, that's what you say. It's just, it's just, you can use that on a daily basis.
0: But scratch.
2: Yep, exactly. Um, The next one I have is from Shooter McGavin and that is the, I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast and then you eat pieces of shit for breakfast line back from Happy Gilmore. Uh, Again, it's just Happy Gilmore is my most quoted movie of all time. I had about five different quotes from this one particular movie. Like, are you too good, too good for your home? Like so many (laughs) lines from that. Um, that's the one I landed on and that and because it's from kind of the most iconic character in the movie but uh, I had to include it it's Johnny you know growing up we would quote that movie all the time so I had to, to do that uh, and then the next one is from far is it more of like the unexpected comedic moment where you think it's about to get a little bit more serious and then the comedic line that's a callback comes in and that's from Ghostbusters is it's true this man has no dick Um Because I think it's delivered perfectly by Bill Murray and you don't see it coming the first time you see the movie. You think it's like, oh, he's confessing to something or whatever and he's just calling back to an earlier joke that he made earlier about Dickless and that like it's It's just two lines earlier. Yeah, but right, but you don't it is. Yeah, exactly. But you don't see. I mean, you don't know it's that incredible. I'm just, just saying. It yeah. wasn't like it, It's the it's the, the delivery. Number. I think it's yeah, sports, the it's more it's the delivery of it. You just don't think that that's where he's going with that line. Um, yeah. So that's no, where I went with definitely. that one. Uh, so yeah, right. there's my four.
1: Cool. So Bobby has his four. Um, Tristan's next. I have kind of an argument against almost all of Bobby's. So I'm interested <laughs> to see what Tristan has.
3: I have one the Crest over with Bobby, so I'll get that one out of the way first. And it's Don't Call Me Shirley. It's a very iconic quote, so I had to get, get that on the board. We mentioned Airplane earlier, and that's easily the most iconic part of all movies at one line. My second one is from Mean Girls. It's On Wednesdays, We Wear Pink. I think that's a very iconic quote, and I yes. think Mean Girls has a lot of quotes. But the fact that you can walk into, like a target anywhere in the country and buy like yoga pants that say on Wednesday wear pink on them. Or like you can find that quote embroidered on all kinds of stuff still, like even beyond Mean Girls at this point. I think that's a very iconic quote that impacted like the social consciousness in a really strong way. Another one that impacts social consciousness in a really strong way is holy blank Batman. He says it a couple of times in the movie. I think the first one is like, holy heartbreak. Holy bikini bottom Batman. Holy (laughs) bikini bottom Batman. Yeah. I think, talk about quotable, like how many times have people in their lives quoted the holy something Batman, I think all of us have quoted that, how many multiple multiple times across our lives, I think that was huge, and it was in the movie a handful of times, so it counts for me. And my last one, is a Samuel L. Jackson classic, I have had it, with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking motherfucking plane. plane. Really?
0: (laughs) Wow. That was a reshoot too. I I, yeah. I read an article about that, that, that basically people online made that quote up after seeing the trailer, like, oh, that should be a quote in the movie, and they reshot the scene to put that quote in the in the movie.
1: And even better is I've had it with these monkey buttons snakes <laughs> yeah. on, on this Monday, Monday to, to Friday, Friday plane. On, the edited version <laughs> on FX. Iconic. Alright. So that is, is it my weird. turn?
0: Or you got more? Yes. Yep, those are my four. All right, so to go along with everyone else, I have I Am Serious and Don't Call Me Shirley from Airplane, so I feel like that's basically a lock at this point. I also have a movie I I don't care about, Monty Python, as if you've watched our Movie Change Up podcast before, I don't care about Monty Python. I've never actually seen this movie, but every time I injure myself, I do say... Yep. tis but a scratch <laughs> so there was no way i yep. couldn't include that line in my list of mount rushmore of comedy quotes i also have one no one's talked about before which from when harry met sally i'll have what she's having which is pretty oh, well,
2: yeah good that's, a, that's a really good it one a good pretty
0: one. iconic and then one i don't know if it'll make the overall list but one i, I even if you've never seen this movie and someone starts saying it you know exactly what they're talking about, and that's Ferris Bueller's Day Off of Bueller, Bueller,
1: Bueller,
0: Bueller. and those that's are my really four. They're Ben
1: Stein. Yeah. So here's here's my thing with mine. Before I intro my four, I stuck with because we said quotes and not comedic exchanges. I stuck with single lines of that, dialogue. That's what I did as well. Person
0: that's what so I, I think
1: that kind of takes off my board um a couple of the ones you guys had on your list like the whole exchange of it's just a flush wound and it's just but a scratch i took all those off i took off surely you can't be serious because it's two characters exchanging dialogue i stuck with one person saying something iconic so number one i have was it over when the germans bombed pearl Harbor? From ah, Animal House, yeah. incredible. Yeah. Um, that is such a good line for so many reasons, and even everyone's reaction to it. They're like, "Well, he's wrong," but you know we respect <laughs> what he's going for. Um, Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room from Doctor Strange or sure, Doctor like Strange. Doctor Strange's love. Yeah. Probably finish that sentence. I think one that to me, like Joe mentioned, every time he injures himself, I work in a restaurant and like this week happened, the reason that we're doing this episode today, having to work days that you were supposed to be off, the most iconic I wasn't line even to supposed me that to I be always here today. say, oh, yes, I wasn't even supposed to be here today, <laughs> from Clerks, is iconic in so many ways, and something that I lived through, like, you know, since I started working, I wasn't even supposed to be here today, and it's said throughout the whole movie, and it's not an exchange of dialogue, that's an iconic quote, and one again that is lived in pop culture forever that will never go away that's referenced in straight out of compton by felicia from friday that line is incredible and it's it's great in the movie it has um such an impact on a lot of humor that came afterwards and again it's not i tended to go with just one line of dialogue rather than something that kind of relied on exchange even like the I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. You eat pieces of shit like you like for, or for breakfast. That's an exchange of dialogue to me. And I didn't count it as a quote. So I think to me, it had to be one person saying something to really like count. So I didn't go with the surely you can't be serious line and more of the iconic ones um, that people might've thought of because I stuck with individual quotes rather than you have to know of the entire scene to kind of get the reference, or you have to know the lines before to get the reference. So, I stuck with something you could put on a wall. If it's a Mount Rushmore and you put it on the wall, people know exactly what you're talking about. And it makes sense without knowing what came before it.
2: Yeah. I mean that, that stipulation definitely brought more options to the table for us. But I think because most of us did not do that, that we shouldn't hold it against the other quotes, but that definitely brought some really good ones for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's basically what I stuck with, but I did have, as far as my owner mentions, I did have, Yes, it's true. This man has no dick because that's a great line. Even if you mm-hmm. don't know the Dickless thing, yeah. yeah. Oh, was that improv
0: as well? I feel like yeah. I yeah. read. Uh, the, yeah, I'm sure. Bill yeah. so Murray All, said in an interview that recently was. that it was improv Um, I
1: had what is this? A center for ants from Zoolander, which is great. I um, I this rug really ties the room together. That rug really tied the room together. Um, so you're saying there's a chance from Dumb and Dumber? Yeah. That's another line that like is said nonstop Seriously. and. Uh, and another one that is just you don't you don't really, you know, think of it but strange things are afoot at the Circle K from Bill, Bill and Ted. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, that's a great line. I can't see reference. a Circle K I, without
0: saying that line. Yeah. yeah I don't know like, what
1: a Circle K is. I've never seen one. But It's like if, a 7 if I, did, I, would, I would say it.
2: I had to fight yeah. myself to not include a Dodgeball quote cuz I knew that it they didn't work for I would have included more, nobody
1: makes me bleed my own blood. That I had a I had
2: I had nobody makes me believe my own blood and I had um uh, no uh, if you can dodge a wrench you can dodge a ball Those mm-hmm, are the two yeah. from that movie that I was like yeah. they were going back and forth mm-hmm. whether I would have them on there
1: So
0: that gets into how the fuck are we going to uh, Okay, make I will these say decisions. to me and so Bobby, Shirley's on there. I think mean, yeah, I think, I think that's on there. on there. Surely you can't be serious and don't- or yeah, whatever it is.
2: Yeah. I am serious and don't call me Shirley is the yeah, quote. Yeah, I am you serious. To go and that. Don't call me Don't Um, and then I think, um, what was I, the so? I like we tis had, but a scratch. Yeah, the the scratch flesh wound. wound I, that I was,
0: don't because
1: whoa. both of you said that, but both of you said different lines. Right. So there's like, there's not one that, one that sticks wound. out. There's this is just a flesh wound. There's also I'll bite your legs off, and then there's you know tis but a scratch, and then it's your arms gone. I think there's too many. If we were doing scenes, one hundred percent. But if we're doing quotes, there's not one like quote that sticks out above the rest in that scene. It's just an incredible scene. Yeah, it's just more uh, so than like yeah. one good quote. Yes. I, yeah. I think that. Personally, it. it
2: was, I've always heard the quote. Like, I. N- I've never heard anyone quote "tis but a scratch." I've always. Oh, that's always what I always say, go to. I've heard that, and and. and yeah, I'll get your legs up. A flush wound. Right. And I mean, you like as far stuff. as. Oh yeah, yeah. You we do the whole scene when we do that, but it's yeah, like so everyone
0: starts more with flush than than I, I, I can quote. agree with that. Yeah, that's fine. That's I thought based on reaction,
1: I wasn't even supposed to be here today, and Joe's.
0: Based on the reaction
1: I can't argue with Joe's. Yeah, say what you're going to say,
0: Joe. Of the I'll have what she's having. Like that's yeah. to me that's the yeah. that was the first one I wrote down. To me that should have been
3: everyone's number 1 pick. Because I didn't even think of it. That's
1: the only reason it's not on the
3: list. Same. I'm going to make a point for on Wednesdays we wear pink. I think Mingo's I think you want to go pink. recent? I don't like,
1: think I don't think that's even that's the most the iconic line in the movie. I don't like, think that's even in the top 5. Yeah, I think I, I think, I think are, you've got to make – you can't uh, stop trying to make fetch happen is yes. probably the most yeah. iconic. If I were to that's, pick a quote so from Mean Girls,
0: hard. it would be stop trying to make fetch happen. Same here. Yeah,
1: 100%. And that's something that actually you reference to people. And, like, right. if anyone's trying to do something that, like, you want them to stop, you're like, stop trying to make fetch happen. But you never actually say to anyone –
2: yeah, you know, we wear pink. Yeah, on that, that like, quote, what? like, I didn't think that as a quote. Like, that's more of a that's it's just a, it's a, a joke in a movie that that happens. But like, and and it's something you can put on a T shirt because you're gonna make a pink. And shirt. because there's a store but called Pink, it. so it's right, possible. like exactly. That's but that's not, that's not that's not that's not to me that's not the best quote in that movie. personally no, hundred percent.
1: Uh, I I think that's a weaker quote from what that movie is, but I, I think it's funny. But I that's not even really like much of a mm-hmm. joke. It's just like this is what we do. I think there's plenty more lines in that that you could have gone with. I think I would fight for it if Tristan had, um, you know, stopped trying to make fetch happen, which is what I thought he was going when he said Mean Girls. I thought that one, uh, you know, <laughs> has a chance to make it for sure. But okay, so what do you guys think of? Maybe arguably the most famous quotes from any comedic movies of all time, other than By I'll people. have what she's having is, was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? My and boat. gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. That yeah. line, like if you look on any, even just not yeah. even comedic movies, but if you look at top AFI's mm-hmm. top 100 quotes, that's like in the top 10. Yeah. I think that line is See, funny. My and, and you don't need to know any context. It's just, you can't fight in here. This is, is a the war room. room. is just... a funny line. It's a well written
0: line. My vote of all of the lines that weren't on my list would be: I wasn't even supposed to be here today. Same. Yeah. I that that's,
2: one that I use. The war room one is a great quote, but it's not very like like people don't. I think just like repeat it all the time. It's just a very today, probably, right. well written. Probably. Well, no. Era, it's, more, yes. it's a very well written line, but I wasn't even supposed to be here. You can actually apply it, so people use that. All yeah, time.
1: that's true. And we didn't represent Jane Silent Bob, and so I wanted something from Clark, so that that was like yeah. my representation of Clerks. And I, think I, the holy I actually blank really like
3: Batman. It. Quote is a pretty yes. good one. I, I, I'd be I, okay definitely. with those two, I, but with the two we have...
2: I would love that one.
0: Holy blank Batman, and I wasn't even supposed to be here today. Plus the two we've locked in, I'd be perfectly fine with.
2: I'd be good with that list.
0: Plus we've taken forever on a lot of these arguments. It'd be nice to be like, fuck it, we we got our four left in in.
3: here. I think yeah. the next one will be easier.
0: Yeah, I think the next one we'll will see. have more commonalities. I have two. I think there's three the...
2: of them probably that we have. Right. I, I
0: went with a different them. choice on one of them that I don't think anyone else will have. Just cause I, I wanted more one. diversity right. on my yeah. list. Same here. So moving
1: on, our top four are I Am Serious and Don't Call Me Shirley from Airplane. We have I'll Have What She's Having from uh, the Billy Crystal movie. When Harry Met when Sally. Harry met Sally. We have. I wasn't even supposed to be here today. Which just every time he says it gets funnier and funnier in Clerks. And we have, holy bikini bottom slash blank Batman. I, that yeah. that line is incredible. And
2: especially I, I, I now, yeah.
1: I was gonna put on. Um, it's a tough day to get rid of a bomb, but Tristan chose the much more iconic line. Like I kind of went with the Mean Girls thing, like he did, of choosing like the not as famous mm-hmm. thing, but it stuck out to me maybe. But I I think the. Uh, Definitely holy blank Batman is a great choice. So yeah. uh, those are good those are good ones yeah. and Tristan is gonna lead right, us before off on Before Tristan our, starts we do I have another
0: know. comment from Paul. Paul basically right, said off. my favorite line from Naked Gun, which is another great classic comedy movie, is Priscilla Presley on the Because I remember that scene you have Priscilla yes. Presley on the ladder, Leslie Nielsen standing under her, looking up at her, saying uh, nice beaver, and then she brings down a stuffed <laughs> beaver, which is that, that movie. Like, that's
1: the problem with like airplane and, and naked gun, though, is it's just line after line. Yeah. My favorite line, like, yes, the Shirley can't be serious is probably the most famous, but I had a drinking problem is my favorite line because it follows yeah. him with just he missing flashes out. Of his with face, the... Yeah, yeah he just,
0: that is, but incredible. like, that line doesn't make sense without the visual context, and neither does exactly. nice beaver. Like, if we put nice beaver as on our Mount Rushmore, people would be like, What? Yeah.
1: People would be very confused. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to um, go to the bathroom real quick, but Tristan, lead us off for whatever the fuck category. We
3: are we're on uh, dramatic, we... dramatic Yeah. Yep, dramatic performances right. from a comedic actor. That. My I have four for this, obviously. My four, uh, one that I think is the actor movie on the list, but I went for a little bit of a uh, different pick for him, is Adam Sandler. I went with Punch Drunk Love for that. I think he gave a really good performance in that, and I think his comedic kind of experience shines through a little bit in the energy of the character, but I really love that performance in that movie a lot. I think that humanizes him in a really interesting way. My second is one that I think is pretty much a staple. It's Bill Murray, Lost in Translation. I think he, he's definitely known as a comedic actor, and I think some of this was like, oh, are they really known as comedic, or are they more of, like, mixed at this point? But Bill Murray is definitely a comedic actor, and this was his big, dramatic role that people really took seriously and really watched, and I think like that last scene, people remember it so well and people remember a lot of these moments so well. Like when, when he was filming that commercial and the director's kind of like yelling in his face in, in Japanese and he doesn't understand the language. He's just sitting there and it's like these very comedic exchanges between Bill Murray, but it's also ultimately a dramatic movie. And my third is Jim Carrey in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. One of my favorite movies of all time and I think Jim is an actor that I don't like. I don't like his style, his Ace Venturi kind of comedy so whenever I see him in a movie I am usually just say okay I'm not going to watch that one because it's not going to be for me but he did a really great job in this so I picked that from my list and uh, I did a little bit of a a cheat at this point my fourth Ooh. is like <laughs> cheating is a part is part of the game you know my fourth is a dramatic performance from a comedic actor but it's in a comedic movie and it's Charlie Chaplin's final speech in The Great Dictator. I think that's a really, really powerful moment to watch. And I love watching it. And I think I've watched it over and over and over again. Even the movies of comedy, I think that's a dramatic performance. And I think it's done so well that it kind of wakes you up and shakes you from the comedy around the rest of the movie. Tell me so Jim that's why I that. cheap pick. It's not on also, my list. I'm, I'm going to tell it's you movie movie right now, it's down. not on my
0: list because it's a comedic yeah, movie. That's true. And his I, performance I just... outside of that spe- adenoid Hinkle before that speech and the barber outside of that speech is still a comedic performance just because he has a dramatic speech yeah. doesn't make and he's point.
2: already on the list as a comedic performance for that movie
0: yeah so not on my <laughs> list all
2: right, all right so good i'll enough. get
0: to my four. so my first one which i thought everyone was going to have i thought this would have been everyone's number one lock is wait you were done right before i start
3: yeah i'm good
0: okay is robin williams and goodwill hunting like i thought that was going to be on everyone's list my next up, I do have Adam Sandler. I didn't choose Punch Drunk Love because I thought there were like a few comedic moments in that, but I do have it from Uncut Gems, which to me is his best dramatic performance. Uh, the next one is one I don't know if people will have because from that currently he's kind of seen more as a dramatic actor. But I picked Tom Hanks in Philadelphia, who up until that mm. point had really only done comedy. Like that was kind of his first dramatic performance, and he won an Oscar for it. So I obviously had to go from dramatic performance. And like i said kind of at the beginning of the show uh i wanted more diversity in my picks and this is uh, a female pick and i picked mary tyler moore for ordinary people who Mm -hmm. up until this is only really known for her comedy work on television shows and this is kind of her first big dramatic role and then she won an oscar for it so i thought you know kind of to represent i wanted to represent women on my list and so i went with her uh and so that was kind of my options but uh before if uh, Johnny's back perfect
2: Oh, I'm back. Yeah. Do you hear I'm those? Back. Got some things I, to say. Yeah, I got them yeah, all written down. Same.
1: Um I like Joe picking a um dramatic, a dramatic actor. Dramatic actor. Yeah. And Tristan picking a comedic performance, but we'll go with the locks here. Um Bill moraine lost in translation, I think that's a lock. I think Robin Williams in Good Will Hunting is a lock. Um, I went with Adam Sandler as Howard and Uncut Gems as well. That's his best dramatic performance. He has three really good ones. Punch Trick Love, Underrated Rain Over Me is great. But Uncut Gems, that was the best performance of the last five years as far as I'm concerned. And and I'm pissed that it was not nominated for an Oscar. That's probably my favorite performance of any movie since um, Heath Ledger's Joker. I think he's incredible in that movie. Um, And then... I also went Jim Carrey, but I went a different, um, route. I, I was between Eternal Sunshine, The Truman, the Truman Show. Show, but I went with his best performance Man on the Moon. Um, mm-hmm. he is, he is great in Man on the Moon. That's his best performance. He, that was, like, the most dramatic he ever went because he stayed in character the whole time. He's incredible in that movie. That, I think, while maybe not being as strong of a movie as Eternal Sunshine or, um... Uh, the Truman Show—that's his best performance ever. Um, so I think those those four for me were really tough. Jerry Lewis almost made it for the King of Comedy, um, and Jamie Fox—not for when the clown Ray, cried. but um, I don't know what you just said. What?
0: The, when the when the clown cried, which is the unreleased yeah, movie well, where he, as a no. clown, led children to their death in an internment camp.
2: What about the number
0: twenty-three? Okay. Oh, no, I
1: didn't know about that. <laughs> um, no, we're not doing that. Um, yeah, and and then same thing like, I I went with Jamie Foxx's Ray, but I felt like he turned more into a dramatic actor after that, so I didn't go with it. Like, like, that's the reason, yeah. Tom Hanks was a comedic actor up until Philadelphia, maybe, but afterwards, you can't really argue that Tom Hanks, if you look at his body of work, is a comedic actor. So, I I get what Joe was going for with that, but I, I went with uh, actual you know, more known as comedic, even though I would argue. I put Robin Williams on here because we texted in our group chat that it doesn't really matter how many dramatic performances they had, but like, I think personally, Robin Williams had more better dramatic performances than ever comedic performances as far as movies go. Obviously, he did his stand-up and some TV shows and stuff, but that's kind of my, my my feelings on that. So, those are my four. Bill Murray, Lawson Translation, Robin Williams, Good Will Hunting, Adam Sandler, as Howard and Uncut Gems, and Jim Carrey, uh, and Man on the Moon are my four. So, Bobby, what do you got?
2: Okay. Uh, so most of mine have been said there's only one that is not um i have jim carrey from eternal sunshine uh i think to me that combination of best movie and best performance to me like man on the moon like you could argue it but because eternal sunshine is such a stronger movie it stands out way more to me and and
1: he is i guess he's playing a comedian but, like, I think it's more of an obvious, a right. dramatic
2: role. But, but... Right, but to me, that's the role that stands out for me for Jim Carrey. Um, I also have Robin Williams from Goodwill Hunting. I think that's pretty much a lock. He's amazing in that movie. He is known more for his comedic roles, even though he was such a good dramatic actor as well. But He is better you know, as a dramatic actor. Yeah, but same thing for that. Um, Adam Sandler, and I literally wrote... Punch drunk love, punch drunk love, because I haven't seen Uncut Gems, so it's what? one of those two. <laughs> it's one of you those. You haven't two seen movies.
1: Uncut Gems? Yep, I've that seen is... that movie twelve times. What... So you know, like, is, uh, what's wrong with uh, you? Right,
2: but that is my note. It, I it, he's so good at dramatic acting. I wish he would do it more. Um, I know it's one of those two movies, even though I love Rain Over Me um, as well. But basically, Adam Sandler in one of those two roles has got to be up there for sure. And my last one. Um, I have Whoopi Goldberg and the color purple Never to get. The, so did Spinners Yeah, but to get one some diversity for multiple reasons up there, but also, even though that was her first, you know, she won an Oscar for it, and like she came in as like this dramatic actress. She was com- comedy after that completely, um, and that was Except really for the, Ghost, where she won. Well, but but she, she, she was only she nominated. Was, she, for... was a,
0: she was she was the the comedic relief.
1: In she was Ghost, the
2: comedic so. relief yeah, in yeah, Ghost, true, so true. she was still never dramatic, not to this level. Yeah. Um, so that would be mine as one a one a black woman who's typically comedic, winning or like you know as nominated. an Oscar level nominated for the for her performance. Yeah, that movie famously
1: um, nominated for eleven Oscars, which is a record. Yeah, yeah, not winning. Yeah,
2: I, I kept saying winning, but nominated for it. I think that is a great performance that I think should get. At least consideration but um it was my like five or six you know. my
0: problem was i haven't seen it so it was basically... i've never seen it that's
1: the only i have
2: and wow. she's really good she's really really good in it it's it's surprising knowing what she does now what she does in that movie like yeah, to see the rest of her it, career
3: she's pretty good, so i would i would think it would be a good spot to pick the fifth only last, actress maybe, ever or to, or to be that. nominated without
1: eyebrows
2: <laughs> wow but yeah so that's my four three repeats um, essentially, and then one new one to add on. Those
1: are
0: solid. Okay, so, so we we locked in Robin Williams and um, Jim Carrey. I was going to say I have him Sandler, but
1: Sandler, for sure, but I, I think, Sandler. personally, we go with Tristan's seen both. Bobby and Tristan both had Punch Drunk Love, but Tristan, would you go Punch Drunk Love, which I would argue is does he, have some... He had Allen Punch comedy. Drunk Love. He had Punch Drunk Love, there. but would you think Uncut Gems, or if we're going, so the reason that I went
3: with Punch Drunk Glove over Uncut Gems is that I think it kind of set the precedent a little bit. I don't think you'd get him in Uncut Gems if you didn't have him kind of put on like the indie art scene kind of map with with Punch Drunk Glove where it was like always maybe, but I would say that it's such a
1: better performance. I like Punch Drunk Glove fine, but Uncut Gems, I think he's incredible
3: in that movie, yeah, and I do agree with you. I think there's a little bit. Uh, too much comedy in there, but if we're also giving Bill Murray Lawson's translation a pick, then I think there's comedy in that movie too. Probably an equal amount of it. But I don't, but a lot of it is like him
1: standing in an elevator with a straight face looking and being a foot and a half taller than everyone else in the elevator. Or like you said, like him standing there straight face while the director's yelling at him. There's not like him cracking jokes. Like, in punch Drunk Love, Adam Sandler has some like quirky, like, not quirky, but more like lines that are kind of funny. Bill Murray is just, like, because of the expressions on his face and the scenes that he's put in, that kind of sells the, the comedy. And without his, just, like, his performance, those those scenes don't work. I think if you replace Adam Sandler and Punch Drunk Love, I think you have just as good of a movie. I,
3: I think you know? as you are talking about it, I was thinking, too, and I think Uncut Gems, I might go with that, because I think that has the appeal of, like, people – really wanted to win the Oscar, and he had a bunch of people like, oh, Adam Sandler was so good in that, Adam Sandler was so good in that. It had, like, a word-of-mouth effect to people. I wanted to see it yeah. because of that. And I don't think Punch Drunk was the And he Adam gave
1: it. a speech in his Adam Sandler voice when he won Best Actor for one of the award ceremonies that he won for, which was incredible. Yeah, I think if you put Ben Stiller in the Punch Drunk Love role, you have just as good of a movie, but I don't think anyone else could have been Howard in in On code Gems. Wasn't
0: Jonah um, Hill offered it first, and he turned it down? which one? Howard and uh, Uncut Gems.
1: Probably, but he wouldn't have been as good. Adam Sandler's amazing in that, and he has the look for it.
0: He would have been... He could have looked like
1: anything. So, are we saying... My question is, which Jim Carrey movie are we putting on? My vote, personally, I just don't like the movie,
0: but a lot of people do. My vote, unless we want to go a more different pick and do, like, Whoopi Goldberg in The Color Purple... My vote would be Jim Carrey in Eternal Sunshine.
2: Eternal Sunshine, If we're gonna pick between those, like that's such a good performance to me. I love that movie, and that. And I think
3: it's one people talk about too. People always say, "Oh, you gotta see him in Eternal Sunshine," though. Like that's when he's really good. And...
2: Yeah. I
1: think so. Yeah, I, I think. I think maybe just the the performance he put more into was Man on the Moon. He put I I think more think into overall, it, but I don't know. Maybe if he paid he did off it. As well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. It's a great documentary so, though the one on yes, netflix about him getting yeah, exactly experiment. yeah watch right. that
3: and it really he sells you put so that,
2: much work know. i think he overdid it though a little bit compared to eternal sunshine where he's just so believable and good in that like i, yeah. I, I love that movie
1: yeah. so what um i'm trying to think here so Cut. we have as far as what i have written down adam sandler and uncut gems robin williams in goodwill hunting jim carrey is uh in eternal sunshine what am i am i missing something i don't know uh
0: internet's acting all weird and shit Yay for bad internet! I'm just doing this for the recorded version because no one else can hear me. Be, it would easy. be
1: that. It would be the only other one that I think is in consideration is Whoopi Goldberg in *The Color Purple* yeah. or Mary Tyler Moore in *Ordinary People*. So, I've that's never seen so that here's
2: my so personally with the list we have right now. I think we should do either Whoopi Goldberg or Mary Tyler Moore because Bill Murray is in the same camp to me as like a Robin Williams and a and mm-hmm. kind of an Adam Sandler. He's like between the two, where he does both and he does both really well. Um, and that can was like I, his first can I throw big... one
1: out there and just see what you guys think because I don't think any of you have seen this movie. Aubrey Plaza, would you agree that it she is uh, a comedic actress?
2: In Ingrid Goes West? No, no. Okay. In, Black, in Bear. Black
1: Bear. She's oh. incredible in Black Bear. If we're going female performance, that's one of my favorite female performances of all time, and she is. But if we were
2: going to do That's not there. iconic, and it wasn't like. Yeah, as far as a problem. Rushmore, it's not, it's it's not, not a like Rushmore, Rushmore level. Yeah.
0: If, if you guys had all see seen it, it, I think we might I agree mean, agree you
3: go with uh, Whoopi Goldberg.
0: Yeah. yeah. I say Whoopi Goldberg.
2: That to me fits the best, but I didn't want to push mine as much, so.
0: Yeah, because I mean
1: that was a hard. I can't argue with it because I've never seen it, but I know that was on. Yeah, I did do research on this one, and she was on every list. So I I agree.
3: Bobby yeah. got a whole list to himself.
2: Yeah. Other other than I I said Adam Sandler Punch Drunk Love because I haven't Except seen Bobby's uncut never uncut fucking gems. seen uncut gems. Yeah. Bobby should lose but, his point. No, but back. I but basically I was like I was gonna put uncut gems, but it's not fair because I haven't seen the movie. So I just how said have you drunk. not seen it? Because What's every, wrong with you? Because you Jen, watched the
1: four-hour Justice League movie four, like four times, and because, you didn't watch uh, Uncut Gems.
2: Okay, here's the thing: because my wife, I know, will hate that movie, and I have to find myself time to watch that Only alone. Good no, because it will cause Jen her so much it. stress because of what that movie is that mm-hmm. she will not be able to sleep. So
0: that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I shut my. Yeah. She's just a
1: nurse. No, no, not really a nurse. She's just a, but she just works in a ultrasound hospital. Ultrasound tech. Yeah, not, in, not important. Not um,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, I forgot how much swearing was in that movie, and I accidentally showed it to my parents. And my mom's basically review of that movie was: "There's too much swearing in it." I'm like, yeah, yeah that, that's a
2: movie it. that so many of the, so much of the general public hate, but everyone that loves movies love that movie.
1: That that movie is incredible. But I that know movie, i love it. I want to watch movie, it. That's one of the greatest movies ever made as far as I'm All right. concerned. So
2: um, should we move on to comedic directors? Yeah, so, yes, Johnny, but I'll re- give our top recap four. Recap our, so
1: our, our Our top four is um, Adam Sandler as Howard in Uncut Gems. Um, I don't have the other character names written down, so I'm not going to deal with that. Um, Robin Williams uh, in Good Will Hunting, Jim Carrey in Eternal Sunshine and the Mind, and Whoopi Goldberg in The Color Purple. I think that's a solid top four. Sorry, Bill Murray. I don't think you made our list for this or a comedic performance, but you are my favorite. Mentioned a lot,
2: so, yeah. Mentioned a lot.
0: Always the bridesmaid,
2: yeah. Mentioned in quotes, performances, yeah.
0: What's next in directors? Directors, yeah, and I kick Who's it off. Who's next? So,
1: you kick it off,
0: Joe. Uh, so we have comedy directors. I went with my first pick, Mel Brooks. We've talked about him a bit on here. Basically, every single one of his movies is a comedy movie, and it's been a home run. So how can you not have him on your list? Uh, Next up, I wanted to kind of represent a newer person in the realm of comedy directing, so I went with Taika Waititi. I feel like he's going to have a long and strong career ahead of him, so I had to go with him. Uh, Next up, I kind of went with someone who was a little bit underrated, and I went with uh, Harold Ramis uh, for my comedy directors. Yeah,
2: he's he was, like, my five.
0: And, you know, he directed Stripes, Ghostbusters. He had some good television, you know, directing. He directed Analyze This and Analyze That, which were a kind of no, think, great. underrated comedy films. Actually, you know, never mind. He's
2: incredible. I said he I he's my five, and I forgot what I changed, so.
0: And then, finally, a uh, person we've talked about quite a bit on this list. I had to go with someone old school. Someone who, again, directed a, lo- a lot of movies, and that's Charlie Chaplin as my director. Yep. Mm-hmm. And those are my four. Joe, so we have very one lists outside
2: yeah. of one of them. So I have Same Ma- here.
0: Mel Brooks, Taika Waititi, Harold Ramis and Charlie Chaplin. That's my four. All right.
1: So I'll stick with the uh, the three that I have. Um, uh, similar to Joe, I have Mel Brooks, Harold Ramis Charlie Chaplin. And then who I think is probably encapsulates the modern era, um, better than Taika Waititi because his career is not expanded fully. It's Judd Apatow. Okay. Um, Judd that. Apatow, the, I know he has some that didn't work, but like the 40 year old virgin knocked up is incredible. I love the King That's, of Staten Island. That was one of my favorite yeah. movies. Um, Such a terrible list. <laughs> Trainwreck is great. Uh, Judd Apatow, also like as far as like Tristan mentioned with Amy Poehler and TFA, like he produces a ton of huge things. Um, he he easily is, uh, mm-hmm. I think that as far as like air expanding, you kind of have, you know, Mel Brooks is like the seventies, but he his career expands past that. Harold Ramis is eighties and nineties. Charlie Chaplin is you know early Hollywood, and Judd Apatow is you know mid two thousands to to current. So I think that kind of it's air expanding and i think Jen apatow just has a career more um uh established than, than taika even though if we did this in 10 years i think taika maybe makes it over him um just based on the, the movies that i like uh from taika more than apatow so bobby it sounds like you have a very similar list uh, to me
2: yeah honestly um i don't need to go into much detail i'm just going to list them because three of them are exactly the same and one you just said so i have mel brooks Charlie Chaplin, Ivan Reitman, and Judd Apatow. I have Johnny's list. Um, you know, uh, it, I think that encapsulates, like Johnny said, more era. Wait, Reitman
1: or Ramus?
2: Uh, Harold Ramus. I said Reitman. I I meant Ramus. Harold, Harold Ramus.
1: So what you have? Mel Brooks, uh, Harold
2: Ramus, Judd Apatow, and Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin. And Chaplin. So yeah, we yeah, have yeah. the same exact. List. No, I yeah yeah I I just was thinking the wrong name in my head when I said that, but yeah. Uh, I think that encapsulates eras as far as comedy goes, yeah. um, and types of comedies as well. Um, and Judd Apatow, as far as a modern director, I went back and forth between like considering uh, even like Edgar Wright, um, but he's more niche. Um, and like Wes Anderson is like their comedies, but he's got a mix of different stuff. So yeah, that that was one that yeah. I considered, but I'm
1: like more dramas. So I right. I'm interested to see what Tristan did, but I'll shout out Amy Heckerling did Fast Times at Ridgemont High and clueless if she had done mean girls she would have made my list like those are like yeah. the three greatest teen comedies of their generation um i wish she did uh uh mean girls that would have been incredible the sucker brothers um they were on my list Airplane or like they were like yeah, my favorite and all that and and terry gilliam who did all the monty python movies.
2: i had him on there for a long time and i i replaced him with judd apatow basically because i needed a modern guy on there
1: and that's my thing. And Gillian did more dramatic movies too, like he did uh, like Twelve
0: Monkeys in yeah.
1: Brazil, and, and then that yeah, one like that he just he came out of like the whatever. Like, yeah.
0: I don't yeah. So Tristan,
3: what do you got for us? I got a few different ones actually. I got one that crosses over with you guys, and I think it's the easy one. It's Mel Brooks. I yep. feel like that's such a he embodies that genre so well. How much can you really say about that we haven't said already? Uh, well, I have another crossover uh, with you guys. Judd Apatow. I think he embodies modern comedy really really well i think epitaph movies are their style of their own and you can tell when something's an imitation of an epitaph movie or when it's trying to get that epitaph kind of tone so i think he sets that and like we said before he produces lots of stuff too he's not just a director he's really involved in like the genre as a whole for my i went for two more classic directors in my classic rather than charlie chaplin i went buster keaton i think in terms of direction he really like advanced the craft of filmmaking in a way that charlie chaplin didn't in necessarily i think charlie chaplin's a great performance and a great like writer but i think buster keaton as a director is really really interesting he uses a frame really well he uses camera movement really well he just moved the craft forward in a way that people weren't necessarily doing at the time at all like people were just you put the camera there you record people walking out of like a, a train station or whatever you put the camera one place or walking somewhere else and he figured out like okay we can move the camera and have that be an effect. We can move stuff behind the camera and like mimic a camera movement effect and he really kinda of pioneered the crap. So I think that's what went with him rather than Charlie Chaplin. And my last is Billy Wilder. Yeah,
0: that's I fair. think so really he's, critically yeah, acclaimed. A, that was really up there. Yeah. he's
3: kinda of the bridge between ramus and uh
0: Chaplin slash Keaton. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I picked yeah. him for me at, like, because I wanted to go for like that critically critical darling kind of comedy director. I think a lot of times we think of comedies as like Judd Apatow movies today. Hey, you like, um, they're like oh, raunchy, <laughs> you know. Maybe another world. In, yeah. And a more a world less good. look, he's got 21 Oscar nominations. What other comedy director can say that? And when you go on the AFI Top 100 list, like half, like five of the top. 20 or him like he's had huge huge critically acclaimed movies i think in terms of iconic stuff like the apartment like some like a hot he has some really really big movies and he's done non-comedy stuff so i consider cutting him because he's done like double indemnity and that kind of stuff and even like like sunset boulevard
1: i think is more of like a like a drama uh, it's not even comedic comedic elements obviously but like yeah you know you get some of the performances that give you comedic but the only reason i didn't go billy wilder is because even the apartment I think, like, he has more drama than comedy. Like, he's a very good dramatic and comedic director. It's
2: the reason I I took, like, Terry Gilliam. And
1: and Wes Anderson. And Wes Anderson,
3: yeah. Yeah, I went with him just because I think we tend to get comedy stuck in a kind of a bubble. Like, oh, they're like that raunchy kind of thing for, like, not for, like, the critics. And I think Billy Wilder proved that wrong. And we see a lot of, like, blending comedy and drama together like you guys mentioned and stuff today and I think none of that would have really happened if he didn't pull off some like a hot so well movies like that at the time so I think especially he worked under code, he worked against like the Red Scare in the United States he was very much like in that era of Hollywood so I think that's an era that I think I'd like to capture in my list
1: I think if you go body of work Billy Wilder probably has more iconic comedies than even like a Harold Ramis but I think if you look at, like, in terms of encapsulating the 80s and 90s, you have Caddyshack, you have um, Groundhog Day, you have National Lampoon's Vacation, you have Analyze This. He didn't direct Ghostbusters. But or no, no, no. Yeah, it.
2: that's true. Yeah. Um,
1: but, like, you know, you have kind of an Eric Spanning. Like, he kind of encapsulates, like, that middle ground area. I think Harold Ramis is a good choice. Um I think Harold. I think, and he only directed comedies. I, I think if I'm going comedy directors, like, yeah. yeah, Chaplin, Apatow, Ramis, and Brooks, like they all only directed comedies for the most part. And yes, Harold Ramis ended his career directing Year One. That's a that may be a knock against him, but like, it, that he, but then he knew it was his time, time, and oh. he's like,
0: "I'm out. Have a nice day. yeah." He's like, "All yeah. right, well, I'm out." Of well, here. clearly I, that I tried happen. that
2: once, yeah.
1: so. You know, and and, and I think uh, I think I think Bobby Bobby and I had the same four. I think those are yeah. are pretty much locks. I, I'd go Apatow because I'm fine with Apatow. Ap- with I was
0: debating between Apatow and Taika for my kind of modern director, and I was just like, I just like Taika's work better. But I'm fine I do with too. Apatow I agree. I I, 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 I,
2: I like Taika's work always, better. No. I
0: understand why he's on your list, yeah. but was, I will say this: as much as I love Taika. Nothing Taika has done is
1: as funny as Forty Year Old Virgin. Forty Year Old Virgin one of the funniest movies ever. Made. It's
2: so good. Yeah, and it, yeah. it's incredible. And then, and it, I almost put Ah oh, Kelly Clarkson as my quote, but it didn't. <laughs> it, in context, it didn't really. It doesn't really like out of the context, it doesn't really work. So, yeah, yeah,
3: I think you forget how many Judd Apatow movies have actually made like big, big impacts. You go on his IMDb, and I was looking through it, and I'm like, wow, he really did do a lot of stuff. That I was big every
2: time movie. I'm on a dance floor, I do the knocked up joke of the rolling the dice thing, like, <laughs> like of course, yeah, like I do that and yeah. the bicycle, uh, right? It's
1: always sunny, yeah, so. mm-hmm.
2: that's a great, but idea. no, like Judd Apatow has so many iconic comedies for sure, yeah.
1: So, I I think I'll just say this. Because we'll get to our comedy movies and we might need 20 minutes to get to our two hours to do that. I think our top four should be Mel Brooks, Harold Ramis, Charlie Chaplin, and Judd Apatow. Uh, I mean, that's three of my idea? four,
0: and I understand why Apatow over Tyka, so I'm not going to complain. Yeah, the
3: only that. one I wish could be on there is Billy Wilder because I think he embodies, like, that. Nothing that's really embodied. It's basically between him and, him. Him and if, Ramis.
0: If there were five people on Mount Rushmore, I would say it's Billy Wilder, but the problem is, like,. My
1: thing is this, like if I went
2: with peak compared to like
1: whole career, sure, because he did like three great comedies but then the rest are all pretty much dramas, like Stanley Kubrick did the greatest comedy ever created for me with Doctor Strange but none of his other movies are, are comedies. Like it's tough to include directors that do dramas and comedies like Bobby mentioned like if I counted Wes Anderson, I'd pick him over Judd Apatow but I don't because his movie's like the Royal, oh. I can't say the best comedic director also made a movie like the Royal Tenenbaums, which is very funny, but also someone slits his wrists over a sink in that movie, which
2: is yeah. super dramatic.
1: like, you know, like uh, there's plenty of dramatic moments in Billy Wilder's career. If we went even just top four directors of all time, I think he has a chance to make that. But comedic directors specifically, I think Harold Ramis has more of a, he is known as a comedy director. I think that is what the tiebreaker there. Yeah, right. so that would be where I go.
2: Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Yeah, I'm... and I think
1: we're gonna need a lot of time on the on the on the next four, which I think I'm starting off with our comedy movies. Yep. Let me. Find
2: you want to run those down just really quick.
1: Um. So real quick, we have Mel Brooks, Harold Ramis, Charlie Chaplin, and Judd Apatow. Yep. I think that's a good encapsulation. And then we go. Comedy movies, and I'm extremely interested to see. How much I'm curious, Johnny,
2: if we cross over on this, but one of them I know, based on what you've said, is not going to be on mine, that it's going to be on yours.
1: Mine is, is pretty straightforward, I think. The greatest um, satire of all time, Dr. Strangelove, the greatest joke. The greatest movie that is joke per joke per joke per joke is Airplane. The greatest parody of all time is Young Frankenstein. And the greatest, like, British comedy slash kind of sketch comedy movie of all time is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So my four are Dr. Strangelove, Airplane, Young Frankenstein, and Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Those are my four. I think they're... Not only do I personally think those are maybe four of the top five greatest comedies of all time, excluding fast times at Ridgemont high. I think those are those, all of those represent a different genre of comedy and are the best of the best of the sub So those are my four. So I'm interested to see what Bobby has next. All right.
2: I, I have two of yours. Um, so I think the greatest parody type of movie of all time is airplane. And like you said, joke for joke, like scene to scene. Um, Best sketch comedy movie, uh, British comedy, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I've mentioned that multiple times on this list. Um, and here's where I differ Uh, a movie that I've mentioned multiple times that I love and I know Johnny loves, but just didn't quite put it as a you know a comedy, uh, for his is Ghostbusters because I do think nerd culture comedy like it has dry humor, it has outrageous humor, it has, um, as, as far as a franchise. Um, it's a well-known iconic piece of film basically and that's what I get from that one to me and then from the 2000s a one that was very iconic and in like a a coming to age high school to college era movie that I think encapsulates modern comedy very well is super bad Um, that to me my generation at least we loved that movie that was like one of the biggest comedies ever to be made uh for us um and i think it holds up i think it's has some like mclovin is one of the best characters it has like it has heart it has amazing comedy it launched a lot of careers um and i just think that movie inspired a lot of comedies in the 2000s to 2010s which is where i'm kind of getting at with that movie so uh, so my four are Airplane, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, Ghostbusters, and Superbad.
1: All in my honorable mentions, the two that I didn't have, obviously, in my honorable mentions. Tristan, what do you have for us?
2: You're not speaking. You're right. muted.
1: You're muted.
3: That would help. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's I got in, like in my four... top
1: four. Tristan's
2: saying that would help. <laughs> yeah.
3: I got books. two that were mentioned already. One that you mentioned, Johnny, is Dr. Strangelove. I think it's an incredible parody. It's a hilarious, like, you already mentioned, like, a dramatic director that just does this comedy, and it's all of a sudden hilarious. It's almost like, oh, a dramatic actor does, does like, a, or a comedic actor does a dramatic performance, and you're like, oh, wow, they actually have that drama underneath them. And then you see, like, oh, a serious director does a comedy, and you're like, oh, wow, they have that, like, really intense humor beneath them. And I think okay. the parody, the commentary, all that kind of stuff really ages super well. It's, it's the
1: best satire movie ever made. It's it's the greatest. I and you
3: think something that was satirizing like a very specific moment in time would would age poorly, but I feel like a lot of the themes it's had about like international relations and intentions and that kind of stuff, and like the toxic masculinity of of politics. And him explaining the
1: we're gonna make a bunker that has all the hottest women and us, and all (laughs) of them being like changing their thought processes and being like, you know what, he's the Nazi doctor has a point. Like (laughs) everything in that movie is so relevant to today that stands up
3: uh, and I think it's gotten even more relevant over the last like two years when you realize like oh people we have in charge people we trust to ha- handle like the situations are just don't necessarily know what they're doing and I think that this movie has that element of it like the people we trust to protect us in the moment we need the most are just like completely buffoons you don't know what they're doing at all and, they're, and they're, everything is for them it's all about them Yeah, it's all about what they want what they want in their perfect post-apocalyptic world or whatever it's going to be they're precious bodily fluids that's what you got to protect hell yeah (laughs) I have another one that's been mentioned before by Bobby this time and I think it embodies the early 2000s it embodies like the teen coming of age comedies I think every movie put after Superbad that's tried to be like the kids the raunchy kids stuff like the even up to Booksmart like last year it was compared to Superbad because Superbad like set that standard for what these high school teen comedies could be especially in the early 2000s like when people are really starting to push barriers and be R-rated and not be afraid to show kids like swearing and having sex and drinking and doing drugs. And that was the kind of stuff you didn't necessarily see on comedies like a couple decades ago when they were in code and they couldn't do that, any of that stuff. And I think that really shows the potential of what you can do when you take away like the censors and you don't say, okay, that's PG-13. It has to have all these rules. And you just say, okay, you guys go do what you're going to do. And then they came out with a huge banger that launched like tons and tons of careers. Whether it was actors or directors or writers, everybody in that kind of went on to be pretty well known. My next is one that we not mentioned. Totally
4: right?
3: <laughs> you know, it, it got close. You know, Sherlock yeah. and I, did, I, Sherlock, I almost I put school, yeah, uh,
2: school of Rock in there. So.
3: I almost put "Vote for Pedro" as a quote because that feels like it was a very iconic that quote. But good. yeah, my next one is is not Napoleon Dynamite. It's some like it hot, the Billy Wilder movie with uh. Marilyn Monroe in it. I think that. Movie is huge. You go on the AFI top hundred; it's the number one movie of all time according to AFI, and a lot of critics and a lot of like historians praise that as like the turning point comedy, especially for Billy Wilder's career. And I think for representation of LGBTQ kind of discussions, it was something that was never talked about at all because it was at a time when it was kind of under code, and was co- the code was like this thing that you had to go through in Hollywood to be able to get movies out at a certain time when Hollywood was very afraid of like corrupting the youth and that kind of stuff. Joseph so McCarthy, ruined the name
0: Joseph for everybody.
3: Yep. I never yeah. met, maybe my kid Joseph after the two worst people I know.
0: Yeah. Oh, you know Joseph McCarthy?
3: I know him well enough, all right? You hate Joe Biden? <laughs> oh, God. Spreading some lies about me on this podcast. So, uh, my Some Like It Hot, it's my third one. I think it was critically acclaimed, but it's really loved. kind of a critical darling. And my last one, the funniest movie in the last, like, 25 years – I think we haven't had a lot of like holiday movie representation on this list, so I think having a Christmas movie on my Mount Rushmore hard. was a die pick, hard. Hard. And, and my great. pick is Elf. Elf is hilarious. It's one of the funniest movies I've seen in my whole life. I think Elf that performance from Will Ferrell as Buddy the Elf is arguably worthy of being on the Mount Rushmore performances. I think that's a great, quotable movie that I watch every single year on, around Christmas, maybe more than once in a season. You know, I think it's a great, great movie that really embodies family fun comedy and holiday comedy, and I love it a lot, so Alpha is my fourth pick.
2: But have you ever had spaghetti with maple syrup? No. Like <laughs> Gross.
3: All right. Joe.
0: All right, so to start off, I have some that are the same. There were four things I wanted to represent. The first one I wanted to represent was Spoof Films, and for that, I went with Airplane. I think it's kind of the greatest, like, spoof yeah. kind of film, uh, spoofing the film Zero Hour. But even if you've never seen Zero Hour, which I still haven't and I really want to, Airplane 100% holds up. There was some study that was, like, to find the movie with the most jokes per minute, and Airplane, like, won by a lar- large amount. Airplane, I think, has to be on the list. I also wanted to do an action comedy, and I feel like I couldn't not pick Ghostbusters. And so I kind of. So Ghostbusters is kind of what I went with to pick that action comedy. I do think to a certain extent we talked about this when we did our comic book movies. I think on a certain level, like the MCU and even a lot of superhero movies wouldn't exist without uh, Ghostbusters because it kind of was that nerd culture thing that Bobby was talking about. And then also people keep talking about Superbad as this launching point of like this kind of team. Yeah, American Pie. I wasn't even going to go American Pie. My pick was Dazed and Confused for the kind of stoner teen uh, hangout movie was my pick. And then finally, I can't believe no one has wanted to represent the rom-com, which I feel like is a very, very large part of the comedy genre. And so for that, I went with kind of the consensus. Number one rom-com is When Harry Met Sally. So my four picks are When Harry Met Sally, Dazed and Confused, Ghostbusters, and Airplane.
1: Alright, so this will be an interesting uh, debate. But here's... I'll give a couple fights here. One, you don't have Superman without American Pie. You don't have American Pie without Days and Confused. And you don't have Days and Confused without Fast Times at Ridgemont High. If you're going teen comedy, the greatest of all time and the most influential is Fast Times at Ridgemont High... That was my pick originally, because teen comedy is such an uh, uh, iconic genre. But I think that other genres past that, like subsets of comedy, that I don't have that. But if we're going teen comedy and it's not Fast Times, then I don't know what the fuck we're even talking about. But
2: what I would say, super bad as far as, yes, it's a great teen comedy. <laughs>
1: but Superbad doesn't but, exist without American No, Well, time. but that's the and thing.
2: I, it's not really whether it would exist without these things. It's that super bad itself defined... A generation of comedies to me that were trying to replicate the style and the writing, um, and it also launched so many careers out of all those all those guys like Bill Hader as the cop with Seth Rogen and that, and Seth Rogen writing that. Like there was Jonah there Hill
1: was, and Michael Sarah Jonah Hill, yeah, Michael Sarah, but...
2: and it it's not just like it did the Emma teen Stone. comedy in a way, yeah, and Emma Stone that would launch literally a generation of filmmakers that wanted to replicate that style of comedy it didn't always work but even the hangover and stuff like that movies like that were in the same writing style as super bad um and that it because when that came out like we, i hadn't seen a comedy written that way with the types of jokes and the the pacing of that movie and the different uh characters between like on their own journeys where you had mclovin you had the cops you had um the two leads you had the emma stones and that like I, I think that movie i mean someone who grew up with that that as like oh wow what what happened here this is this is different like it felt different when that movie came out personally like growing up with
3: it yeah i think I, it's like i don't business. think like so a...
1: because i think knocked up did it the same knocked up is great it is great
2: No, it, it if is you look great, at like teen comedy it's
3: not it didn't up, connect the same comedy. way
2: It is a great movie that didn't connect the same way to a generation.
1: I get it because of this. Because when you look at Good Boys and you look at Booksmart, it's like, okay, this is super bad, but with these type of characters. You know, Good Boys is super bad, but with elementary schoolers. And Booksmart is Mm -hmm. uh, super bad, but with women. And it's like, I get it, but I don't think that's the most iconic. If you're going for teen comedy high school comedy i don't think super bad no what it's i'm going for is the blend the, of
2: 2000s to 2010s it's not necessarily the the team comedy it is the yeah, think, generation But i would of also argue to that to that 2010s. is the
1: weakest era of comedy and that is why i stuck with comedies from older eras because i think every comedy after 2000 is not as good And that's definitely that's more opinionated. 90s, 80s, 70s, 60s. It's more opinionated, but I think that stands up in terms of what people think of comedies.
3: But I think that you could argue that in favor of uh, Superbad. I think Superbad is like the one that beats that standard. It's like all these really bad teen comedies, but then the Superbad that showed like you can do it well, you can make it funny. And I think. You, you can, mentioned but I, you I use you mentioned stuff. I, I push
2: really play. hard for Superbad, personally. Like that, I don't, I yeah, I don't that I
3: don't Superbad is not so. like this. Superbad takes that idea of that stoner comedy, but blends it with like the teen comedies of the 2000s. It blends it with like that late but it's 90s not a kind of stoner comedy.
1: It's just a teen high school comedy. So and why I think are you that, like that's, that's not, not even in the top five?
3: Superbad has to be on the list. I feel like that changed the entire game. It changed
2: so much. Like, what does that change?
1: Judd Apatow changed more than that movie did, and he didn't direct.
2: Super he didn't Mad. direct it, but he was involved with that movie. Like... Yeah,
1: but I, I, okay, my, okay, so moving past that, we'll get back to it.
2: We'll come back to Superbad, but I'm gonna fight hard for that one. My, my
1: argument, um, against Ghostbusters is I love Ghostbusters to death, but that movie's not that funny. It has a few jokes that are that work well. But if you watch that, it's nothing like Airplane, it's nothing like Monty Python, it's nothing like Dr. Stern it's an action Club. comedy. Yeah. It's an it's a sci-fi movie with comedic actors. And those actors make some of the comedic moments work. But if you watch that movie, there's like five moments that make you laugh in two hours. That it's not a comedy in my book because I think it's more of there's a sci-fi. way
2: more than five, and then no, movie. there I can... no,
1: there's not. There's you know he got slimed there's dickless there's a few things in this drug There's humor, Bill but... Murray's
2: entire interrogation of the woman in the opening there's him playing the piano very nonchalantly as he walks in the room and stuff like performance wise There's a little there's there's, there's a various, lot of it It's
1: I think the humor in Ghostbusters is too subtle to make it as far as comedy movies I think if you're going for pure comedic movies Dumb and Dumber is more iconic and way funnier Fast Times is way funnier. Groundhog Day is funnier. Superbad is funnier. American Pie is funnier. Ace Ventura is funnier. Beverly Hills Cop is funnier. Trading Places is funnier. Anchorman is funnier. Clerks is funnier. Friday is funnier. Those are all my honorable mentions. Those are all funnier movies than Ghostbusters. But Even those are though I would say TV. Ghostbusters is a better movie than a lot of those. As far as comedy movies, Ghostbusters is not in the genre of comedy that i would go so for, to me it depends on it depends on it in
2: means. mount rushmore what you're trying to represent because what i'm trying to do like joe did is the action comedy the buddy comedy whatever you want to call it and because ghostbusters is buddy comedy but with four of them essentially is that's a, an entire genre that we're missing so it, it's, i don't it's think that where... is a
1: genre that we need that's my, my thing i think
0: I think the, the two important. biggest sub-genres of comedies are the action comedy rom-com and the rom-com. And the
1: yeah. No, I disagree. I think the two most important sub-genres of comedy are parody and satire. Those are, Those are the two.
2: Straight-up comedy is more than I would exactly. say of a combination exactly. of genres. And
1: but we have one to represent We have
3: Dr.
2: Strange Love and Airplane. Dr. Strangelove, Dr. Strangelove and those would represent both of those. I think those, so even though I didn't have Dr. Strange Love, I think that Airplane and Dr. Strange Love are a lock. Yeah.
1: But how are you going to tell me that either Superbad or um, whatever else we were talking about, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, is a better comedy movie than either... Monty Python and the Holy
3: Grail. Because
0: Monty Python is the young Frankenstein. Because
3: this isn't a competition of better movies, though. This is the Mountain Rushmore. It's like important movies. It's movies that change the game I feel like.
2: So so I would fight out of my list because I had both Monty Python, um, I had Ghostbusters, I had all those. Like, if we're going to. What do you think is the funniest movie out of
1: those? Especially Monty
2: Python. But it depends on what we're representing. I think the funnier movie. the, The funny. If we're going with the funniest movie. It is Monty Python over Ghostbusters. But I think Ghostbusters 100%. represents a different genre that we have. But Ghostbusters, out of mine, out of the, like, that is probably the lowest of the comedies. I would put Super Bad as far as a genre representing film above that. And also. So, Bobby, if, if
1: you were going the next two, you'd go Monty Python and,
2: and Super Bad. Those are my. I, so, I yeah. I think both of those
1: are ahead of Ghostbusters.
2: Yeah. and And I do too. Yeah.
1: I would... And I love Ghostbusters, but I think. If you're going Bill Murray movies, Caddyshack's funnier, Groundhog Day's funnier, What About Bob is his funniest movie. Ghostbusters is maybe it's his a, best it's a movie, genre. but it's, it's not a his funniest movie. Yeah. Right. But if you're going like even like action comedy, I don't think of Ghostbusters as an action movie. It's a sci-fi movie with some comedy because of the actors in it. And I think if you're gonna go movie.
3: action comedy, you, go, it's not like action comedy. you go like action comedy. You go like that. rush
1: hour. Yeah. Like you don't yeah. go, you don't go Ghostbusters isn't an an action. Yeah, I'd
2: be okay leaving off Ghostbusters, but I'd fight hard for Superbad, and I'd fight hard for Monty Python as the other two.
1: I think Monty Python is the perfect encapsulation of... I think British comedy is a very important subgenre. I would
0: be okay including Monty Python under the idea of let's include British comedy. But I feel like... But I'll... To me, something like Young Frankenstein... Like, what does Young Frankenstein have to offer as far as, like, a genre or an idea that... Monty Python I'm leaving that off That airplane Because and Because self-pipers. here's
1: my thing I think I think there's a difference Between spoof And parody And I think Spoof movies Have their day There's a couple Good ones There's airplane There's naked gun There's hot shots And you could Maybe Say the first Scary movie yeah. now you. What and, is um, Oh what is the, Far-
2: Val Kilmer What's the Val Kilmer um, Top secret Top secret Batman
1: Forever <laughs> Top secret but, like, if you're going to go for... Okay, and I'd say those are spoofs. But if you're going to go a parody that's not straight-up joke for a joke, make fun of everything in the genre, Mel Brooks was not our greatest director. His best movie is Young Frankenstein. And that is a perfect parody of monster movies. I think the only option is between Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles. And I think between those two... It's Young Frankenstein because I think that movie is just funnier and it holds up better. But I can't imagine not having either of those because I think that's...
0: Then what about um, Dr. Strangelove? Dr. Strangelove is just a parody of... Dr. Strangelove is a lot. Dr. Strangelove is a satire, not a parody.
2: But the thing is, Dr. Strangelove and Young Frankenstein, to me, are...
1: They're nothing like each other. They're not similar in any way.
3: I think we don't don't need... I think if I was doing this for right now off our list, I would go with airplane, I would go with uh, Doctor Strange Love, I would go with Superbed, and I would go with When Harry Met Sally. I agree with Joe. I think yeah. we need to have a rom-com representation. I feel on our like list. when well, you have parody,
1: spoof, that's and... the strongest form of comedy.
3: It doesn't
1: matter if you like it, though. It's a matter about what's iconic.
2: Tristan, I would be perfectly okay with that list. Like, yeah, because to me, when you have you're gonna go,
1: but Bobby's saying Monty Python is not on his list.
2: Monty Python is amazing, but if it's a better comedy than when Harry met Sally. Look, when Harry met Sally, and and Monty Python is my only argument of that four that Tristan just said. But if you're gonna represent what is one of the biggest, like comedy genres is rom coms. I think that is probably definitively the best one as far as like iconography, which we need on a Mount Rushmore, and also influential. So I'd here's, be okay with here's, that. Here's, but here's, I love what my Python, So I'd be okay with that. My argument that. against it is this
1: I think it's a difference arguing satire, parody, um, spoof. Those are genres of comedy. Rom com is not a genre of comedy. That's just its own thing. Action comedy is its own thing. That's just two melding genres. Right.
2: And if I you're had going many comedy
1: Python. movies. You have to pick pure comedies that are a different subgenre of comedy, not an entirely different genre. Rom com right. is not the same as comedy. Um, action comedy is not the same as comedy. Um, drama comedy, like dramatic comedy, is not the same as comedy. We have to go comedy movies because that's what the category is, and we have to pick satire or spoof or something that is in the subcategory of it. I do not think rom-com counts. That's the only reason I don't have any rom-coms in my own mentions because that's an entirely different genre to me. It's not a comedy movie. It's a rom-com movie. That's different. It's yeah. two things melded.
2: Right. Which is why I had Monty Python over it. I'm just saying, if we mm-hmm. did go with those four, that is a concession I'm willing to make, but I would fight hard for Monty Python over when Harry Met Sally because of the movie. comedy. Dumb, it's a Dumber
1: is funnier, right. too. I, I don't think you can go with a movie that is not as funny if you're going with
3: I, I feel like you've get, you're getting confused about this list. Like, this isn't lists of our personal yeah. most funniest movies. Like This is the ones that we think represent the, the entire it's subject. Com- right? it's comedy mm-hmm. movie. But
0: then why did we allow I think Comedia. you guys are
3: too much expanding. I think
1: you guys are expanding as far as okay, comedic performance or comedic quotes, yes, you can expand to those other things because comedy is in the genre. But a rom-com is totally different than a comedy. Those are totally different movies. Those aren't the same to me.
0: See that's right. Just, yes, disagree with that. I think an action comedy is still a comedy. A rom comedy is
2: still a comedy. So, I the thing is with me, I agree with that, but I can't leave off Monty Python over when yeah. Harry Met Sally. In general, like as far as like my list is concerned, like Monty Python is such a funnier movie and does represent a genre that right now, if we are because, I mean, I think Tristan tried to sneak it in. I would also too if getting super bad on the list because i i love that as far as a generation. i just don't think movie. that's the most
1: iconic teen comedy generally you don't think it is
2: but generally maybe, gener- maybe generally with yeah. us
1: our age but i'll say this there was a tweet going around the other day that was depending on your age this is the most iconic like if you when you think of party movie that is the genre i would say super bad is in. not teen comedy i would say that's a party movie and if you think of party movie whether you are an older millennial, middle millennial, or a Gen Z, if you're an older millennial, you think of um, American Pie. If you're a middle millennial, you think of Superbad. And if you're a Gen Z, you think of um, uh, what is it, Party X or whatever the fuck Project that X? Is.
0: Project, Project, Project X. I think they're gonna think more. And those right.
1: those, those are based on
2: your. But um, the thing is, I love like American Pie I grew up with more than super bad but Superbad changed the game personally as far as film way more than American Pie did American Pie was hilarious and like I thought it was funny but it faded very quickly like that's Not a movie really, that didn't though. hold up and super bad holds up like I, personally the comedy when you rewatch it uh, American Pie has a couple wow. oh, moments but, but, say, no like, there, like there's like obviously some things that No do, but, like yeah, there there that, are obviously that's that, that, but that's yeah. that's more of a that's like a What's considered pro- problematic now? It has a lot of the, yes, um, yes, but... you know how know, yeah. you're gay from now. Yeah, from yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Forty-year-old yeah.
1: virgin moments.
2: It does, but we didn't hold that against Forty-Year-Old Virgin either when we were talking about that movie earlier. I mean, well, that, that was a quote. That life, wasn't but... full movie.
1: Forty-Year-Old Virgin is far and away a funnier movie than Super Bad is, yeah. is a is is a movie that we grew up with. It was funny when I was in eighth grade when I saw it, but if I watch it now, it's fine. It's no Fast Times, it's no Days and Confused, it's it's no. Um, it's and to not me, even it, as and to me, Movies it that were past that Smart is better, Good Boys is better. It's not as good as the movies that came after it, and it's not as good as the movies that came before it. So it's hard for me to be like, yeah, super bad d- deserves to be on. The
2: yeah. mount but Project. but to me, that's different. Like like all that you said like Superbad does hold up more than the other movies that you listed to me. Like even Booksmart which I thought was really good, I can't help but compare it to Superbad and think that the right. characters in Superbad are more iconic.
0: I feel like and no one's Super- opinion is going to change honestly, so I feel like we should just go around the horn. Everyone name two movies. If there's 3 or 4 movies that's on everybody's list, we go that and then at least we're down to at least one option. Well, okay. I, I want to say this. We okay. have, we air, have two- airplane and yeah dr
1: strange love locked locks. in so i feel like good. that's what i'm saying monty, is monty python a lock i say
3: yes i don't think I, so i think i we don't think that so covered in airplane all right bobby says
1: yes
2: i say super bad and monty python those are my two
3: uh, those are bobby two? says monty python tristan says no tristan nice. what are your two if you were if, if you were to super bad and you met sally yeah. yeah
0: those are my two or my yeah my two would be because uh, I feel like Ghostbusters is kind of forgotten at this point, so my two would also be Superbad and When Harry Met Sally.
2: So Superbad's at three.
1: Superbad, okay. So at this point, I will def- I will defer to you guys. I think Superbad is a lot, even though super- Fast Times is way better.
2: So now it's w- When Harry Met Sally or Monty Python.
1: Or Monty Python. I, I really like Monty Python a lot. Monty Python think... is a better comedy movie.
2: And I agree. It's And it's but so it's quotable.
0: It's more iconic.
2: It represents... Okay, iconic. so here's the difference. If we're coming down to what Johnny There's was talking about. There's one
1: line it's, in When Harry, Met Sally that's famous. And Monty Python, you can pull 18
2: right, quotes. Johnny, okay. one second. Just really quick, let me get this out. Um, if we're talking about straight-up comedies that Johnny was talking about. So we have rom-com, which is kind of a combination of genres. What, what, what we have on our list so far are more straight-up comedies. Mm -hmm. Monty Python and the Holy Grail is a sketch comedy. It is a lot of sketches that make up an entire story, and that's what that represents. As far and also British, yeah, that's
0: what I was gonna say. I don't exactly hate Monty Python getting on solely for the fact that British comedy is a big aspect of comedy, and we don't have anything representing um, British comedy.
2: Yeah, British comedy, sketch comedy, whatever you want to call
1: it,
3: that might be a good move.
0: And and I uh, the reason I agree with that is because.
1: Yeah, When Harry Met Sally is a super iconic movie but we're not doing the top four rom-coms and I do think that is a separate genre than comedy movies. If we're going strictly comedy, I think you have to go sub-genres of actual comedy not a blend yeah. of two different yeah. genres. Monty Python, like Bobby said, is a sketch comedy and how many failed sketch comedy movies are there? A million. Monty Python works. Yeah. My personal favorite is Life of Brian but I knew that wouldn't yeah. make it. Um, actually, sorry, Meaning of Life is my favorite. Yeah, I was going to say, I Mon- thought
2: that was yours, but yeah.
1: Meaning of Life and then that. So I think you have to go Monty Python. If you think comedy, like yeah. nothing is more iconic than than Monty Python, as much as, you know, the one lion and one Harry Met Sally is famous and that made our Mount Rushmore of quotes, how many actual jokes do you think of from that movie? No, it's oh, the definitely. story of two people – Falling in love, breaking up, and then getting back together. That is a rom-com. And you have one iconic line that is famous, but nothing else in that movie is that iconic. You have one scene. Monty Python has a million scenes. You even, you have the... We the knight knight to <laughs> you, you have
2: the Knights
1: <laughs> who say me. Yeah, the Knights
2: who say me. You have yeah now the mil- Knights who say you, Nicky, 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 Nicky you baby, have yeah.
1: What I think is one of the greatest comedic scenes of all time of them figuring out how a witch is a witch of... Her actually being a witch at the end is so funny. Um, so great. And then you have the ending of them get arrested because that did it better than Blazing Saddles. So yeah. We don't have an ending, so we're just going to end yeah. it this way. I think Monty Python is the perfect encapsulation of a. Of a
2: she a, turned me um, into a newt. I'm newt. A but not, newt. It's it's not, not better.
1: Not
3: better. Yeah, like, like there's that, so many. Everything in that movie
1: is so much more iconic than when Harry met Sally.
3: You won me over.
1: There we go. But you guys won on Super Bad, which I'll, which
2: yeah, I I'll give that. you. Hey, all I, like, I really want is Super Bad stuff. Yeah, Tristan and I were fighting hard for Super Bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you guys fought for it. and, and You won I me over. I think, you won. I think Fast Times is the choice if you go with Team Comedy. Um, but if you go era specific, and we don't have. I think the weakest era of comedy is anything after the year 2000. So I think that. Like, I would go, as far as, if we were to say comedy movies after the year 2000, I think Twenty One or 22 Jump Street yeah. is the best comedy sequel ever made and a way better comedy than Superbad. Yeah. But we didn't even bring that into the fight. But, like, Superbad, to me, is not even in, like, the top five of, like, movies after the 2000s as far as comedies go. And it is for me. And you you know, it's a party movie. It's what our generation maybe considers a great comedy. So whatever, like I get it, but I don't know. I don't know if that one holds up as well as you guys think it does.
3: For me, it was less about holding up and being entertaining in the moment as much as it was about like that movie. I remember it coming out. I remember it's like shaping the entire way I watch comedies. I remember. completely. Yeah, everything afterwards trying to capture that super bad energy, like even the Hangover tried to be like super bad, but it didn't really get it. And it Hangover I will came say this. and it went. And very yeah,
1: underrated, bad, so very nice. underrated teen comedy of that era was accepted, which came out great. Right. Which I think accepted is a big reason Superbad even exists. Somebody to, and yeah. and I I, I ask think Ask me about the, my
2: wiener. Ask me about exactly. my wiener.
1: I think the only reason, like for me, like the biggest fight I have against Superman is I think it's influenced by so many other movies that it's hard to say that that makes it. But I will say this: Booksmart was great. Good Boys was great. I think both of those are better than Superbad, But every single review of those movies is this is the super bad of this. Yeah. This is the super bad of this. So I do think super holds the test of time only for that reason of any party movie that comes out in the next few years is going to be compared to it. Yeah. And, yeah, no that's one's I compared, it. and no yeah. one's saying good boys is the fast times of Ridgemont high of this. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. people are saying this is the super bad of it, yeah. which, you know, is, is the argument, I think so. I get it. I disagree with it, but I
0: understand it. All
3: right. So, are, are there any comedies form? that you guys wanted to mention real quick that didn't give nope, up on none. the episode? They all were good. I I kind of mentioned mine, but Trading yeah. Places, Beverly
1: Hills Cop, um, Ace Ventura. Like if we were going action comedy, Beverly Hills yeah.
2: Cop is the best of the bunch.
1: Beverly Hills Cop Ace was Ventura my number two
0: free. for action comedy. Um, I was debating yeah. for a while. It, I, I had no, Beverly Hills
2: Cop. I had Ace Ventura, and I had Dumb and Dumber as like considerations. Dumb and
1: Dumber was my number five, just because it's so funny. That yeah. movie, if you want to talk about like Monty Python with iconic lines and joke per joke with airplane, Dumb and Dumber is amazing.
2: I also had for a long time in either performance or movie. I had The Mask.
3: Yeah. I was um, thinking about that too.
2: So that was that was really close.
3: I, I will
1: say this though, a movie that came out in the same era that is way more iconic than Fandom. Superbad is Anchorman. The entire Anchorman. internet, social media when it first came out was basically just people quoting Anchorman.
2: Anchorman was Anchorman very close.
1: Is ten thousand times more iconic than Superbad, but it's a different genre.
3: Yeah, it's I have not Anchorman
1: comedy, but Anchorman. I think Anchorman is a much stronger candidate for a – Mount Rushmore. You put Ron Burgundy's face on there. It's more iconic than anything from Superbad. Um, yeah, I had
3: Anchorman as a runner-up on, like, almost every category. <laughs> Same. Like, I, yeah, I was I so close Ron to him. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah I, I'm i kind close, of a big
2: deal. Like, like I, I, I had Anchorman. 60% of the a time, it works every time. Yeah, milk was yeah. a bad choice. Go fuck yeah.
1: yourself, San Diego. Everything. I think – I think Angerman is a better choice. my last case clerk, of emotion. As <laughs> far as if you go indie independent comedies, which we didn't really represent, Clerks is is a great choice. Um, and then if you just go, if you want funniest movies ever, like Dumb and Dumber, I, th- I think makes it. Dumb and Dumber is so yeah. funny. That
2: I think we great. made good arguments for what we had on but the also, list, but there are so many comedies. But also, there many, are.
1: It's a tough argument. There's a million comedies, and we're picking four.
3: Shout out to Elf. Elf. I had that in my top four, but we never talked about it at all. But I Elf is good. Elf is, Elf fun, is funny. But it's I heard not it not mean, even like Will Ferrell's yeah.
1: best comedy.
2: Yeah. yeah. I would have Anchorman if we were gonna do a Will ferrell movie, it's gotta be Anchorman. it'd
1: be Anchorman or personally Ricky Bobby Brothers is my favorite.
2: Oh I, I love Step Brothers. No, so Tell Meganites
1: is, is incredible. If you're not first, you're last was almost in my comedic quotes yeah. because that line everyone uses that line yeah. too.
0: Help me, baby Jesus. Yeah but i will say the best part of uh super bad is mclovin and me have the same (laughs) birthday so you know what are you gonna do all right uh, let's go go around the horn in reverse order tristan what are your final thoughts
3: it was a fun episode today i was nervous at first we were taking forever but i think we eventually started moving a little bit quicker (laughs) well but i had a good time Uh, comedy that's an opinion comedy is is a genre that i don't necessarily have a ton of experience with so it was fun to dive into it and look up some stuff that i hadn't seen and I'm excited to watch some of the stuff that mentioned this week, and I haven't seen. So I'm just had a good time. Looking forward to whatever we do next. I'll talk to you guys then. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, Bobby, final thoughts.
2: Um, comedy is so subjective, and it comes down to personal taste a lot of the time. Um, and I feel like just first thought is what I went with for a lot of this, and it was a lot of fun to do and compare it. And I like to see that it did still match up with a lot of people. Um, but you could argue for days on these. Yep. You um. Can. Yeah, and I, but this was a lot of fun. I think we came up with a good consensus, and even if not everyone agrees, I think enough people agree to make it work and have it work as a Mount Rushmore. So I think we had a good episode and had a lot of fun.
0: All right, cool. Uh, Johnny, final
1: thoughts? Final thoughts. Our consensus on that last category, because I never read those, was Airplane, Dr. Strangelove, Bad, and Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I do think that's a strong four. I will say this. I would throw all of those movies in the trash for a little sketch show on Netflix called I Think You Should Leave, which is the funniest show slash movie slash anything ever created. I Think You Should Leave is the greatest thing ever put uh, on TV. Better than Not the greatest
2: right. kids you know? Oh, sorry. Yeah, no one gives a <laughs>
1: fuck about that. No one gives a shit about the uh, Canadian one, about new kids on the block or whatever the fuck that's called.
2: <laughs> Not um, that. Kids in the hall.
1: Kids in the hall. I think you should leave if you have not seen that. Watch that. It's incredible. I've. That's the thing I've watched the most over quarantine. I watch it every couple days.
2: To Rhode Island. Oh wait, sorry.
1: No. Just it. Just the greatest thing ever made. Um. So if we're going for comedic taste, and you really want to get a sense of my comedic taste, it's that and like super dark comedies. Which is another category I don't think was represented on
2: this
1: list. Oh, well.
0: holding well, different genre. Yep, different genre. Yeah, like no cares. Like
1: *Parasite* yeah. is more of a drama, but I think a lot of great comedy. So I go with that. Watch. I think you should leave. That's my final comments. <laughs> All
0: right, my final comments are: I've had to pee for the last like thirty minutes, so fucking it's bad. Cute. So if you want a good bit of comedy, just rewatch mm-hmm. the last thirty minutes of me just dying over here as Johnny keeps bringing up new fucking shit that I don't care about. <laughs>